Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut okay. up. That's, don't, don't, don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, I don't need you Enjoy the episode. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Clink. Ooh. Oh, that's tasty. Oh, yeah. I so, thoroughly enjoy that. Listeners, um, this is a very special episode. Um, Raven and I took like a two-month break from recording because we overdid it. A lot, um, yeah. So now um, we have a podcast life balance. Um, <laughs> Um, so we're back. So welcome back to Boozicals. Um, there is no time difference from when the episodes are coming out because that's just how much we recorded before now. Yeah, it was wild. Um, yeah, and yeah, how you feeling about it, Raven? About being back? Yeah. I'm very excited. It almost felt like it, it's been, what, two months since we last recorded? Well, we did record like what, five episodes in a week before we took a break, <laughs> oh. which was insanity. That was... And like worked full days. Oh yeah, you worked. You worked like how many hours did you work that week? Uh, I was working easily thirteen, fourteen hour days for sure. Yeah, for a and lot then of the week. coming, getting drunk, recording a podcast, waking up the next um, morning, we would doing like it all over again. <laughs> we'd wake up early to finish like halves of musicals because they're so freaking long. <laughs> it was, it was a nightmare. I loved it. Yeah, it was. It Only was, you and I it was would be able to do that. It was a wild experience. But yeah, I, I, it was one of the funnest things I would never want to do again. Oh, yeah. Um, next time we are in person, we'll, we'll, we'll do a better balance. <laughs> yeah. It's fine, though. It's fine, though. We had a good time. I think so. Um, yeah, What's absolutely all, not. What music have you been listening to, Sweet Campbell? See, that is a very funny question. Um, so I am an average 27 adult man. So naturally, what I've been listening to recently um, is the complete soundtrack of Sister Act and Sister Act 2 back in the habit. You know what that checks out for you? I'm not surprised in the slightest. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that and um, not cons- well. I mean, the title will spoil. Um, not spoiled, informs what we're talking about today, but I've been listening to a lot of music from the musical we've been, we're going to talk about today as well. Yeah. Um, Raven. My dearest, dearest Raven. My inspiration. My muse. <sighs> what have you, friend, mm-hmm. been listening to? I have been listening to a lot of J. Cole this week and a lot of khalid i Ooh, yeah right what's your favorite khalid song okay so i love location just like the just the lo-fi beat like i know it's like one of his most popular songs so of course a lot of people like it but like the the lo-fi beat behind it just like it's just it's a perfect vibe song for me because and that's yeah. i think that's why i really like a lot of khalid's music because it's that's it's, how i feel about talk Ooh, that's a good one. But it's just like a lot of his music is such a good balance of like, I could imagine it being played like in a club and like dancing to it. But also like, it's good to just like sit in your house and like vibe to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's, I think he's a really great artist. Um, when did you, um, have you seen um, Khalid's Tiny Desk Concert? NPR's I have Tiny not. Desk Concert? Okay, you need to watch. Do you watch Tiny Desk Concerts? Let's I've, talk about Tiny Desk Concerts. I've <laughs> seen a couple of them. Um, like, I yeah. saw Alicia Keys's. Um, That's a good one. But I, I don't, like, watch it. You need to watch T-Pain's. Oh, my God. T-Pain is such a good singer. He is such a good singer. Oh, my and gosh. let's talk about T-Pain. Um, because uh, I remember when it was first coming out. Ooh. Ooh, what is this? Is this a surprise Hello. guest, mayhaps? You, is, that, is this one of the surprises? I hate you this so much. Welcome, Cullen. Are you doing this because you keep pretending that I've met Cullen and I never have? I want to talk about I'm it. Just, I'm out here just trying to zoom bomb. <laughs> uh, why is my doing acting? it? You're doing it. You zoom bomb successfully, Cullen. Oh, and gosh. I was like really, I was just like, who the really fuck is dragging out our conversation? <laughs> Raven. I was um, confused as to so why we were still talking about how we were doing five minutes into the episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fine. Um, surprise! Uh, we have we are joined today, unbeknownst to Raven, oh by um, <laughs> the uh, milk mustache of a man, um, <laughs> Cullen the Rock Thomas Dolson. How I feel like um, hello, Cullen. It's very wonderful to meet you. Um, I feel like it's a little rude to surprise your co-host with the ra- I mean, this is fun, though. Funny. As as surprises go, I like this one. And you know I don't like surprises, usually. Oh, you hate them. But I told you it was going to be a good surprise, yeah. which I, I understand why well, then, you don't believe me ever with anything I tell you. No, it'll surprise you even more to know that I'm actually just three Muppets stacked on top of each other, a la Muppet Man style. <laughs> Will that surprise me, Cullen, or is that just par for the course with anything in Campbell's life? <laughs> um, fun fact. Uh, so Raven and Cullen, like separately, are honestly two of the people uh, in my life that I like talk to, confide in, have grown with I think mm-hmm. the most out of like my friends and it's gotten to the point where like they've been in my lives for so long especially Cullen since like middle school um that I just assume they know all my friends because yep. like they have to yeah and um, so you'll casually just be like yeah and Cullen you've met Cullen I'm like no I have not and yet you continue to act like he, I have <laughs> he he is the only one you have not met that's fair you have now met all my friends that's not true we have- I've never met Alex Menendez 
you did meet Alex Menendez. He stopped by one time. Oh, I would say, was I drunk? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can go fuck himself. <laughs> Good old AJ. Oh my gosh. Were we talking about our favorite bands? What yes, music have you? I have something to add. What yeah. music have you been listening to recently, Cullen? I need everyone in the whole entire world to go listen to the song "Hump the Beach" by <laughs> Cal Bells. K A L Bells. I'm gonna add that on my Spotify. It's incredible, and more so, watch the music video. Hump the beach. Okay. Cal okay. Bells. I'm here for it. Cal Bells, like. Okay, I will do that. Very good. Well, now <laughs> pleasant. Now it's a party. <laughs> now it's a party. Now we're having. Now we're having a good time. Before, really, just you know, laboring through our conversation with <laughs> <Rude>. one another. <laughs> oh my god, I hate talking to him by himself so much. I mean, obviously, but I mean, now it's it's time to play the Wait, music. Wait, okay, question. Okay, so you don't have to, obviously don't spoil it but like is the second surprise of bigger or lesser magnitude because i feel like this is pretty big this is a pretty big surprise um the the second surprise is just like a fun little bonus oh okay okay cool cool. okay also so it like as what instrument am i playing today you never told me that's part of the surprise oh god Um, great love it um let let's move on is it my melodica because i cannot play that it's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to it's meet the time Muppets. Time to light the lights. Time to Muppets on boozicals. Okay. Oh, my bad. It's okay. okay. We didn't. We now. didn't rehearse it. it we just. We just. You lobbed it. Yeah. You lobbed it over the plate. It's okay. It's okay. I whiffed. It's it's fine. Uh, we're talking about the Muppet movie. <laughs> That's the musical for this week. <laughs> Raven, you seem so uncertain. Is this how you thought we'd start this back up again? <laughs> no. As chaotic as but possible. But you know what? Again, it's par for the course for us. It's on brand. I feel yeah, like it checks I think out. So. Um, so we're talking about the Muppet movie. The Muppet movie being the 1979 film. The first film for the Muppets. Um, Jim Henson's creations. Mm-hmm. Um, that have been in everything um, I hold Literally dear everything. in my life. Oh my god! Everything. It's just everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and based on like the successes of this movie, has led to so many more Muppet movies, um, like Muppets in Space, um, Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, which is the which is the best Christmas Carol for sure rendition. Um, Indeed, Muppet Treasure Island, the best Treasure Island rendition. Agreed. Um, with Tim Curry as Long John Silver. Although Treasure Planet is a close second, in my opinion. Close second. Yeah. For sure. Um, and it's also weird coincidence um, that we're recording this the week that they put the original Muppet show on the Disney Plus. Oh. But yeah. we like planned this like months in advance. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Um, yeah. If you don't know the Muppets, like continue downloading our podcast but i don't know if i want you to listen to us i don't think i, I don't know like if i want your negative <laughs> vibes around us yeah um yeah so i don't think there's like a lot of like history really want to go into um because i just uh, there i think there's just like a lot to talk about with this movie. yeah and and also like it kind of it's speaks for it's, 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 it's like what, what history it's the origin story also, the movie is the yeah the movie is the history sort of loosely yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's pretty exact. Um, <laughs> scene for scene, shot for shot. Um, 
pretty great adaptation. Um, so yeah, so with that, we are drinking what my mother has deemed. She came up with the name, and then I made the drink. A that checks out. fuzzy navel. Uh, variation of a fuzzy navel, but fuzzy, like fuzzy bear. Waka waka waka. 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 Which, uh, fun fuzzy bear story. Um, my One of my family's um, favorite home videos to watch is um, about me truly unhinged. I think <laughs> I was like four or five, and I don't know what it was. I love the Muppets then. Muppets then, Muppet Babies, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. I had this bit I would do as a child. Um, I would, where I would say like, waka waka, and then I'd say, don't call me Fozzie. And this one home <laughs> video, there's just like, so, I would be so excited to say, don't call me Fozzie. I'd get in front of the camera <laughs> to say it, that I'm drooling from excitement. <laughs> I think it's so funny. That, don't call me Fozzie. Waka waka. That sounds like Baby Campbell. Real quick. Who are y'all's favorite Muppets? Mine is Miss Piggy, although I will always have a soft spot for Beaker. Um, my family also calls me Beaker. That checks out. Funny. Um, mine is Ralph the dog. That yeah, I like Ralph. Cullen, I was gonna let you try to guess Raven. Um, oh yeah, Cullen and I have a recorded conversation before you joined, so we can like get the so I can like run through like the process of this. You cheated on me. I didn't drink. I was going to take a sip and I was like, I'm waiting for Raven. I just feel so betrayed. I want to get the surprise good. Okay. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> am I, I, am I, I guessing? I didn't guess Cullen's favorite Muppet correctly. Maybe you will. It's, it's kind of the obvious best Muppet, in my opinion. Okay, just. Okay, but I feel like you'd have, like, hand. one of the more obscure Muppets as, like, not obscure, but, like. Y- y- you're on the right track. <laughs> I feel like yours would be, like, Animal or M- something. Maybe. I'm not. This isn't Emmett Otter. <laughs> I mean, Emmett Otter is among my favorite Muppets for sure, but it's not, like, that level of obscure, mm. I would say. Mm. Well, okay, so this is and an eggnog raven. Uh, I made an eggnog for one. Think about eggs. Think of, is it Big Bird? No. No, not Big Bird. It is Gonzo? Of course. Everyone's favorite Muppet. Close! Camilla. Gonzo's uh, lover. Gonzo's lover <laughs> yeah. the chicken. Gonzo yeah. fucks the chicken. Um, <laughs> on the reg. On the egg. Um, it's truly You great. know what's funny? Okay, I was fun. going to say Gonzo, but I didn't feel like he was obscure enough. Oh yeah, to me, to me, Gonzo is still one Muppet. of the main. He's part yeah. of the main trio. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, his, no, no. His, his uh, lover is Cullen's favorite Muppet. Um, I love the Muppets, y'all. I've been this so excited to talk about this and watch this all week. Um, I know. Been, you keep texting me about it because I'm so excited because <laughs> I love this movie. Um, so yeah, let's let let's we, we can talk about Muppets forever. So let's let's just start the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start the show. Um, so 1979. 1979. <laughs> Interior. <laughs> Worldwide studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Jim Henson, Henson Pictures. We're in, yeah, Hollywood Worldwide Studio. Um, and then we see the Boozicals introduction to the Muppet movie 
Waldorf and Sadler. Yes. Raven and I. Um, they're being taken to a private screening um, of the Muppet movie. Yeah. And he's um, like, why is it so, private? Because they couldn't bear to show it in public. <laughs> <laughs> Love this it. This is a huge success, um, this movie. As it should have been. Um, yeah. And so then we see like all the Muppets kind of like waiting for the movie. Um, is this seat taken? Uh, Sweetums plucks it um, <laughs> out. Um, Ms. Piggy wants to sit next to Kermit. Poor Sweetums. Or Sweetums. Yeah. Poor Sweetums. Um, they don't even say his name in the movie. They just call him Jack, which is rude. Yeah, right? Um, Jack not named. Jack M. Job. Uh, <laughs> um, then we see Kermit come in, wants to do this introduction about how like he wants to thank everyone for being a part of this movie, and no one gives a fuck nope. what he has to say. <laughs> um, we can just like basically talk about... Um, some of like the puppeteers and voices and stuff because it's like three three or four people that voice like everyone. oh yeah and they deserve all the recognition because it's yeah, so well so, done instead of being like oh that's not that oh yep it's him again and stuff like that let's just go through and talk about them um and then we'll introduce like the people mm-hmm. when they come up Gross. so jim henson voice of kermit ralph uh dr teeth waldorf um, Swedish Chef, um, Link, uh, uh, Hogthrob. Um, he also voiced Ernie on Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Then we have Frank Oz, who's Miss Piggy, Fozzie, uh, Animal, Sam the Eagle, also voiced Bert, um, and the voice of Yoda, um, yeah. from Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. We have Jerry Nelson, who's Floyd, Crazy Harry, uh, Robin the Frog, Lou Zealand, which I just love that name, and he's a boomerang fish. <laughs> Um, the thicket, thickest bish in this group, uh, Camilla, um, also voices the Count, um, part of the two-headed, uh, monster. And then later, after, uh, Richard Hunt, um, he voiced Statler, but in this movie yeah. he did not. Then we have Richard Hunt. Um, I guess I'd like to, at some point, mm-hmm. let me just say this, though. I would like to give some reasons why I think that Camilla is indeed the thickest <laughs> and best. Uh, oh, 100%. It doesn't have to be now. It doesn't have to be now, but I just, I just, I feel like, you know. We'll get there. It's we'll color. Color. Don't, don't you worry. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about your chicken love. Oh um, my God. <laughs> Richard Hunt, uh, Scooter, Statler, uh, Janice, Sweetums, Beaker, the other part of the two-headed monster in Sesame Street uh, with Jerry Nelson. Um, that's the two heads are better than one, like song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dave Gulls, um, <laughs> Um, Gonzo, Zoot, Honeydew, um, Nigel, some of the other pigs, um, and yeah, those are like the main Muppet cast. Yeah. So we're at the screening and they're starting off watching the Muppet movie. And then, um, this is exterior helicopter shot, um, over the clouds um, we start off with the song "The Rainbow Connection" with Lil Kermit with his banjo, singing in the swamps, just living his best life. Every time I hear this song, I get hit with like a wave of nostalgia, because just like one, it's just a, it's just such a good song. It's just like a really sweet song, and also like it's so yeah. inexorably connected to the Muppets. Um, and like so many people have like done it and redone it and like i feel like it's 
it's it's one of those songs like it kind of doesn't matter who covers it it's always going to be good um and i just i love hearing it i love this song so much you know the cool story about please tell us jim henson in that in the time in that moment he was i think they filmed a lot of this in london is my memory but they uh, he was submerged in that water in like this box that they made uh, for wild. a day or two. Yeah, and he is not Isn't a short insane? person. I mean, oh no, he's so. It, tall. I, I think it's always worth noting. He's like six four or something like that. Yeah. No. Oh, that's wild. Thinking about especially this movie that they're like all outside and stuff. Like the puppeteering yeah. in this movie is just out of this world. I mean, it's always pretty crazy. Rolf, you know, is like a two two yeah. two muppet two puppeteer job, you know. There's a lot yeah, of that going on. I'm gonna bring up specifically how well Jim Henson puppeteers like Kermit. Um but yeah, I, I think the the Muppets elevated puppets and puppeteering to a level that I don't think has been or maybe even will be matched like it because I feel like puppeteering outside of the Muppets puppeteering is like like <laughs> but then like it like the Muppets just make it so they like they bring everyone into it you know and like it just feels like it doesn't feel out of place to see Muppets with like people in the movie you know because they just feel like they're part of the world yeah it's Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a reason yeah. that Crank Gankers didn't um, make it very long. I completely forgot that show existed. You know, <laughs> wow. Um, yikes. Um, yeah, this I love this song so much because I think it's like a combination of like, you know, definitely like hopeful, optimistic, but also like based in like realism. It's like that like internal feeling that like your internal faith that you have. What happens when that connects with like your physical world? Mm hmm. And I think that's like, well, how you were saying before, Raven, um, that every time you hear it, you just have that kind of nostalgia, uh, nostalgic feeling. And it's just so like ethereal um, what the music and the lyrics like really bring out of people. Exactly. Yeah. It's really cool. The music itself is just like un unnecessarily complicated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. Un unreal key changes. Yeah. And the, the chord structure itself is, I mean, one thing that it's true both in this, like in all Muppets things, especially the show, and Sesame Street, it's like they never pulled punches in terms of writing actual Not good, legitimate no. music. That's what, uh, when I think back of um, the like shows, films, media I consumed and like still like hold with me into my adulthood, it's things like that, like the Muppets, um, Animaniacs, um, the um even like later on phineas and ferb mm -hmm. when like phineas the and ferb had some bangers some bangers and we will be doing the um <laughs> phineas, the movie what, the movie the summer belongs to you is that what yeah. the movie's called uh yeah, something yeah, like that's, that. that's the main song great at least. music uh hashtag bowling for soup um but it shows how much effort is like and care and like love is put into this stuff that that's what makes it so timeless. Yeah. And not timeless like the from, from Justin to Kelly song. <laughs> timeless. Um, timeless. That's the opposite of what we want. Um, yeah, so... Oh, man. So then, 
Kermit's like singing along, and then there's this guy just on a rowboat, lost in this swamp. Okay, um, that's not how you row a boat, and it really irritated me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> he's like rowing. He's rowing like forward, but one, his oars aren't even at the same, going at the same tempo or positioning, and he's rowing. Like the, That's why he's lost. The, he way, but the way he's rowing is just like, you would tire yourself out so quickly, unnecessarily. He does seem exhausted, <laughs> oh Bernie the agent, played oh, by um, Dom DeLuce, um, who, I mean, has been in everything. Everything like Mel Brooks made. Um, I mean, he's Pizza the Hut, um, Buddy Bizarre, and Blazing Saddles. Um, but he was also Itchy in All Dogs Go to Heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Tiger in... The American Tale series. Um, uh, yeah. Um, which I forgot about. Or I guess... Thanks, uh, IMDb. Good research. Um, but, like, he has such a distinct voice. Um, that he... I, like... One of those voices you can't place, but, like, once you, like, read it, you're like, oh, so this is everything. Yeah. Everything I've consumed. As a child, yeah. Um... And so, yeah, he comes up, and he's, like, trying to get directions, and um, Kermit helps him out, and he's like, wait a second. Do you want to be a star? They're looking for uh, frogs to audition in Hollywood. Well, but before, before, I think, before he gets to that point, because um, we see Kermit trying to, like, catch a fly, right? And he's like, oh, that's the first thing to go, is the tongue, like, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm trying to, like, uh, I'm lost, like, I'm trying to catch a plane or whatever. And he's like, with that tongue? No way. And the first thing that popped to my mo- my mind was, what that mouth do? <laughs> I wrote that phrase and later I, on. And I was just like, I was just like, oh, that's, uh, that's not a thought I had as a child. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, uh, mom don't listen to this one either. Uh, she might. Who knows? Yeah, what that mouth do though, uh, Kermit? Uh, 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 I don't uh, like. Yeah, that. so you you <laughs> you want to you want to go to showbiz, kid? Um, and so that's when Kermit's like, "Hey, yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna go to Hollywood. I'm gonna audition for this, and I'm going to go to Hollywood in the most efficient and succinct way possible." Yeah. Um, do you remember the name of that? That because that agent's supposed to represent like the actual first agent or producer that finally took Jim Henson seriously. Yes, yes, we'll talk about that when we see him at the end. Um, it's um, Mr. Uh, Lord. Um, yeah, the character's name is Lou Lord, um, played by Orson Welles, and um, Lou Lord is based off of Lou Grade who was the uh, British producer who got the Muppet Show on air yeah. when, like, American networks just would wouldn't, not. Yeah, wouldn't do it. Yeah, and so, and also, technically, he was a lord. So that's why the character's name is Lou Lord. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's, really that's cool. awesome. That's yeah, so that's who is, has the ad um, in the paper. Um, so Kermit sets off on his journey, and... When I tell you we see Kermit traveling, riding his bicycle, my body was like, that's serotonin, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. baby. <laughs> I immediately... That's serotonin, be yeah. 
immediately I was filled with joy I haven't felt in a while. Just seeing Kermit <laughs> the Frog riding a bicycle. Side note, I love, because I love a lot of the, like, the one-liners in this movie. Um, and when he, <sighs> when the bike like gets crushed and he's like, jump onto the trunk, or jump onto the trunk, and he's like, ah, oh, it's a good thing I'm a good jumper, or else I would have been gone with the Schwinn. I was like, that's clever. I like that. That's that that's some that's some good film bike humor. Indeed. You don't you don't see that every day. <laughs> you don't. Um, and then yeah, so they're like building yeah. a restaurant, Doc Hoppers. Um I forget their they sell like frog, frog legs. legs or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then one of the people, like, on the site is just like, oh, you need to watch out, and, like, sees Kermit, you know, be a frog, act a fool, uh, Max, um, and he, um, works for Doc Hopper, he'll come up later in the movie, um, but he is, yeah, uh, Milton Berle, um, who's been in a million things, he had his own show, show, The Milton Berle Show, but my favorite thing he was in was he was Uncle Leo in Keenan and Kel. Two heads are better than none. The mm. TV movie. Um, oh my god. Yeah. So Kermit like heads off. Um, you know, moving right along. And then we get to El Slizo Cafe. <laughs> oh, love that. Yeah. Um, the We see a guy just immediately get kicked out of there and Kermit's yeah. like oh why would you go to a place like that and this guy's like oh this is the worst place um ever everyone sucks there and it's like why would you go there he's like oh I'm the owner yeah um, <laughs> like, which and they're and inside they're asking for there's some like girls or something like that that's supposed to be performing um oh that guy voiced uh Mr. Waternoose um from Monsters Inc oh didn't know that yeah he was also Britain Magnificent Seven um James uh Coburn that's cool. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so there's supposed to be some like girl group or something performing at the bar. Uh, but they're not there. So it's Fozzie Bear instead. Uh, and he comes out and is trying to do this like comedy. I don't know if it's supposed to be like slapstick or whatever, but like this like comedy routine. And they are. He's doing the classic Fozzie Bear comedy. <laughs> waka <routine>. waka. <laughs> it's not, Failure. They're not. They're not having it. No. And like. That's so good. There's so many good actors in this that basically just have one bit. Yeah. And they're like huge names. <laughs> um, like, uh, um, they were at the, yeah. yeah, Mel Brooks. Oh my God. Um, the director, um, of Mel Brooks. the movie was the waiter <laughs> that was serving all the different kinds of frog legs. Yeah. Um, when he was at the bar and that one woman was just like, it was like, you know what? I want to fuck this frog. Are you? Can you buy a girl a drink? Um, like that's Madeline Kahn. She was uh, Elizabeth and Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, Lily von Sch- uh, Stupp in Blazing Saddles. She was in Paper Moon. A million things. What are these people doing? They're having a good time. They're having a great time. Yeah, she is. It was well, I think. Yeah, I I really like the bit where. Um... Uh, I forget what if the guy was like a. It was something about or... frogs. No, the guy. I, for, I forget oh, the guy. No, it's like, was like, have you have you heard the one about the fat sailor? And yeah, he was like, he was like, how fat was, was like, he? He was like, he was so fat that everyone liked him. And there was nothing funny about him at all. 
Waka waka. Um, <laughs> waka waka. I thought you were talking about one of my favorite lines when like someone said something about what did they say about frogs? And uh, Kermit's like, that's a myth. That's a myth. And this one uh, woman yeah, goes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes? <laughs> uh, which uh, <laughs> I will just always be laughing at that. Um, but that's uh, Carol Kane. Um, she was Valerie and Princess Bride. She's the uh, granny in Adam Family Values. Um, she's Lillian in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh. Uh, have you guys seen? Yeah, that she's the old lady neighbor. That checks. Yeah, um, that makes sense. She plays that type of character <laughs> very well because she's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, and something that the Muppets do such a good job at are um, callbacks. Oh um, yes, they have so many callbacks. Are not related to what's going on. Not not the slightest. Like the the and Harry Krishna joke that they keep doing it. the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm going to point out. Uh, what my favorite <laughs> example of that later on. Um, but yeah, so then uh, Kermit ends up kind of like taking pity on Fozzie, and it's just like, you know what? I'm going to come up here and like try to help you out, try to perform with you, like blah blah blah. Um, crowd is still not having it, but then afterwards, like he's talking to him. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, you should come with me. Like, I'm headed to Hollywood. They're looking for frogs. And Fozzie's just like, well, if they're looking for frogs. They must need bears, too. Debatable. <laughs> I, I I followed that. I, I disagree with you, Raven. Mm, okay. It seems, interesting. It seems like a natural assumption to make. But there's um, also fun a lot fact, of... The, the pianist in that bar also um, was Paul Williams. Oh, I thought... He when I went to like look him up later, I thought he looked familiar, but I was like, I'm not sure, because um, no. he he's also he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot of very specific frog related things. I mean, obviously because it's Kermit and the Muppets and stuff like that. There's a lot of weirdly specific frog things in this movie, like like in in the audition that he's going to. Like they don't say like, oh, we need animals or woodland creatures. Like they need frogs specifically. It's just very weird um yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm i am surprised fozzy bear's um routine didn't go over as well because he is a professional he has done it three times and <laughs> i was just like is this, is this i was like is this us raven is this <laughs> yes we have done this three times we are a professional podcasters i mean hey i mean we are on hey, spotify hey, hey. that's true um uh, I l- reacted so viscerally once they grabbed Kermit and put them put him on the, on fan? the fan. I was like, Kermit, no! no! <laughs> and I was like, and, it and was the genuine. guy turned the guy turned up the fan, which like the thing that confused me. So he flipped this. Like, it wasn't like a dial; it was a switch that he flipped. So I'm like, so this fan has two settings: one is low and one low is and high. high. <laughs> yeah. Can't turn it off. Yeah, I mean, they they're in I they're in like, they're in Florida, right? I assume That's where, they're in Florida. Yeah, it's it's always the, hot. It's always humid. Uh, yeah, and so then, Fozzie and Kermit, yeah. yeah, hit the road, and Kermit are in well, Fozzie's grandfather's Studebaker because he is hibernating. The Studebaker, which that the Studebaker <laughs> is now in the national, the Studebaker National Museum. That, fun fact, in oh South India. Okay, okay, I'm not surprised that it's in the Studebaker National Museum. You're, I'm just you're surprised, surprised that, there is. that there is. Okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> is my question, but that's fine. Well, the, because the Rutabaga National Museum ran out of space. 
Again, I like this humor. I like this. I'm here for it. It's it's perfect for the Muppet movie. Oh my gosh. Um, Okay, so stopped by um, the antagonist of the film, uh, Doc Hopper, who wants to uh, played by um, um, Charles Durning, um, who was also O Daniel in O Brother Where Art Thou. Um, He was in Tootsie, um, voiced uh, Francis Griffin, uh, Griffin, which was Peter's. father who raised him mm-hmm. um throughout the series not biological father um and he was like hey i own all the stuff doc hoppers like probably like mm-hmm. names in it he's like let me show you something and he pulls out a remote which kermit thinks is a gun Wild. and then we see a commercial for jones barbecue and foot massage <laughs> uh it is the one of the worst commercials ever and they're expanding and they really want to get people to eat these frog legs so naturally let's have a frog spokesperson which is this is the most like fucked job offer (laughs) (laughs) which like the thing the thing that confuses me though is that he offers him he's like oh you'll make five hundred dollars you know like stick with me and you can be making this every year and it's like okay wait so for this job now, you will offer me $500 on the spot. But if I it's take like, a recurring job with you, I'll be making $500 a year. It's like that Question. one 30 Rock episode, bringing back the 30 Rock references, um, when it's uh, they find out Jenna will be deciding the presidential election between Obama and Mitt <laughs> Romney. And it's how they paid Don Cheadle so much money <laughs> to endorse Mitt Romney. <laughs> and they're like, we have Don Cheadle, we have Jazz, the Black Transformer. It was like, did he sound like this in the movie? It's <laughs> just like horribly racist. Um, oh but they paid him so, and he's like v- almost vomiting. Um, saying like uh, voting for Mitt Romney is uh, is a slam dunk. <laughs> Um, that's what this, that's what this Doc Hopper is trying to do. (laughs) Uh, Also, I mean, 500 bucks is 500 bucks, so, you know. Uh, Raven. (laughs) Okay, we know where Raven stands. Um, and then, and then, uh, Kermit and Fozzie leave, um, and Doc Hopper is like, after them, Max, and Max drives off to go get them, and he yells at Max, he's like, let me get in the car, then follow them. You did not specify. You did not specify, God. sir. I was like, he's just following directions. I don't think Max was stupid in that situation. Oh, it's no. It's a moment of urgency. It's like, no, go go chase Also that because he treats Max like his like lackey. So I would think like, oh, because he, because yeah, Max like scout him out in the first place. So I honestly thought he was like, oh, you go follow him, get him and bring him back to me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so not Max. So then we get fault. into uh, the perfect road trip song moving right along moving right along and you have to have a good road trip song it is yep. imperative and um Ooh, this is where off. we see that, um, that they're terrible at this directions. frog and bear do not know how to read a map nope um well no 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 they said they Kermit does know how to read a map because he was like, oh, take this turn at the fork. So he knows how to read a map, but the problem is then they say, we don't need a map for where we're going, and then immediately get lost. It's like, so you do need and a map. They, 
<laughs> I just don't think going through Rhode Island, going to Canada, you see Mount Rushmore, so you go through the Dakotas. So, yeah. I just I just don't think that is an effective path to Los Angeles. And that's that's the thing, like this entire movie, I was confused about the geography because obviously, yes, they start off in a swamp. So at the very least, even if you don't know specifically they're in Florida, at the very least they have to be in the southeast of America. Like the south southeast of America. Nope. And then, no, they, but then Canada. they were like, Oh, we just crossed the Rhode Island and Saskatchewan. I'm just like so are you in New England? And then where is there a swamp in New England? And then they pass Big Bird, awesome cameo. And then oh, and yeah. Big Bird's just like, oh no, I'm headed to New York City. And I'm like, okay, so you're close enough Shout to New to York. Spinney. You're close enough to New York that you're passing someone who's actively headed there. I was like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't At understand. The fork in the road. I don't understand um, what's happening. And then. But I will say uh, the lyric I love the most from this is uh, "Getting there is half the fun." Just take it from me. Um, I, that's true. Yeah, that's that's just objectively true. Hashtag is the journey, not the destination. Although the destination is important, and they do need to get there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. They have no. Well, it sounds like it seems like they had a lot of time to get there. Yeah, because they didn't have a deadline until the night before. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, isn't that tomorrow? I was like, oh, so we do have a deadline. Which makes sense because it's an audition. But it was like, it's not yeah. like rolling admissions but it was for like a frog the First actors. time they ever mentioned there being a deadline, they're just like, yeah, we have to be there tomorrow at two p.m. And I was like, what? First time, some uh, first time went somewhere that the sun came up in the west. Oh my gosh! Oh lord. Okay. Um, also, where are they getting money for gas? So you've been to Florida, Rhode Island, Saskatchewan, and at least South Dakota. I, I, I they could just have money. I think that, I think that often Raven they solve this by traveling by map. <laughs> That's true. That? Yeah, they do travel by map. They do travel by um, map. That record to make it in record time. Oh and gosh. this song is, and this song, and then when Fozzie sings "America the Beautiful" later on, does make me like realize once again. How beautiful this country is. Oh, America's gorgeous. And, like, I know um, a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Connie, would always say, like, uh, we would, like, know people that are, like, I just want to, like, travel the world. Like, I've never left the country. It's, like, there's plenty to explore in the country. America is, I feel like a lot of people, like, are over it because it's so familiar. But it's, like, we're huge. So, like, just go, like, a thousand miles down the way and, like. Completely different world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Would you say this movie makes you feel more patriotic? Well, it does have an entire patriotic part. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I mean, it's, ve- it's definitely very nostalgic and sentimental. <laughs> um, it, it makes me patriotic in what I think America can be. Yeah. And the best version of America. Yeah. Um, and then we get to a billboard with Kermit on it. And so, they... Which... Yes, let's talk about it. How uh, physically... How did they know they would come to that Because they didn't even know where they were going. From their random travelings. So, like, how one, how did you know that they would be there? Two, how did you know that they would be there enough in advance to get there before them and set this up? Several know. questions. Uh, but all... Doc Hopper brings up again um, uh, some, like, frog facts. Um, 
how they like you know how they rib it and like expand he's like it's a myth it's a myth and then lo and <laughs> behold out of nowhere yeah yeah <laughs> behind the billboard um oh. she's so fucking funny <laughs> Um, and then this is when Max like starts to have a change in conscious um, because they're like okay let's like fuck this frog up and he was like wait no it's like no what we're doing is wrong the frog is right he was like what if I give you more money he was like okay cool which like like Raven with the five hundred dollars five hundred dollars five hundred (laughs) dollars Raven you make so much money (laughs) (laughs) but no my thing is like I love I love that trope of someone giving like a really impassioned speech and just like I'm not gonna do it and blah 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 and then being immediately convinced to do the exact opposite with like one sentence. I love that so much. It's like one of my favorite bits. Um, and then um, they're like driving. They're like, we need to take a nap. So they stop at a church, and the sign outside the church says, "Lost." Have you tried Reverend Harry Krishna? We just like the third time in the first 15, 20 minutes of the film that they've made that joke. Um, yeah, and I laughed every single time. Of course. Um, it's funny. And it is, um, we find out, so they like go inside, they're taking a nap, they're woken up to some um, sweet, sweet jams, <laughs> and we are introduced to uh, the wonderful band um, managed by Scooter, um, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Amazing. Can there, I say that I didn't remember this? The that Scooter's character in the Muppet Show, the original one. I had forgotten this. He comes in early-ish in, in the series, and he walks up to Kermit. He says, "Hello." You know, he's like Kermit's like annoyed by him backstage, as he's always like harried in the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is that Scooter is the nephew of the owner of the theater, so that everyone just like always bends to his will. <laughs> I totally forgot that in the Muppet Show. I True. also forgot that, and when I watched the Muppet Show on the Disney Plus, um, not an ad, um, <laughs> after we record, I'm gonna laugh about that. Nice. Um, yeah. So we we get introduced to um, Doctor Teeth and Electric Mayhem. Um, so we have Doctor Teeth. Who sings plays piano which is also interesting because like later on in the muppets and stuff he doesn't play the piano like often a lot of times mm-hmm. that uh ralph the dog does yeah um for like the big ensembles and things like that we have floyd on the bass zoot on the sax um janice lead guitar crushing it as always and then we have uh aminal on the drums yeah which I love. Um, I love the scene because I love how like meta this movie is, like the way they tell the story. Um, how so, Raven? <laughs> so I love this scene when like they get there and they're just like, "Oh, dudes! Like, how did you get here? Like, how did you find us? Like, blah blah." blah. And Fozzie starts to tell the story, and Kermit's just like, "No, no, no! You'll bore the audience. Like, they've already seen this." So he's like, "Oh, I'll just have you read the screen, the screenplay." And so he literally <laughs> just hands them the manuscript for the movie, and they're like, <laughs> what, "What is it? Um, interior." <laughs> worldwide studio daylight <laughs> it's so, it's just so funny it's so and funny. then they read up um even they do the voices for kermit and fozzy bear when they're entering the church and, uh, and by this amazing. time kermit and fozzy they're just asleep oh yeah they're, and which, so okay real quick i love how so this is kind of getting into the song a little bit but i love how when they whenever they cut to kermit and fozzy sleeping their their puppets are being moved as if they're breathing 
which is just like oh, yeah. that level of attention to detail like that's stuff like that is what really makes the Muppets come to life and what really makes it feel like they are characters instead of just puppets because like they truly feel like they exist wholly independently within the world the 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 body work that is done in these like weird angles Mm -hmm. and scenes is just so good so well done yeah um yeah so then we get we get into the song can you picture that played and performed by electric mayhem which um the purpose of this song uh, well, it's just like them singing over what they deem to be helpful mm-hmm. for Kermit and Fozzie. It's like, oh, they need to be hidden from these bad people. Yeah. So and let's so make the most colorful. Oh my god! It obviously inspired by a billboard. Oh yes. Um. Let's 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 put our talents to use. Yeah. Um. This is such <laughs> a good song. Um. It's just fun. They're just jamming. That's why I love this band. Yeah. They just jam. And they're 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 the type of like the way their characters are kind of like played. They're the type of people that are just like casually talented. Where like they they vibe super well and they're just like, let's just like write a song and then it's a fucking banger. And you're just like, yeah. Yes, I'm here for and it. And it's always so like um I don't know. It's just good vibes always. Even yeah. Santa believes in you. So um, then can you picture that? They wake yeah. up and Fozzie's like, I don't know how to thank you guys. And Kermit's like, I don't know why to thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic Kermit. Um, so then, yeah, they wish them luck. Uh, Kermit and Fozzie like hit the road again. Um, and they're immediately uh, picked up on by Max and Doc Hopper, who are somehow on the road at the time they're getting on the road. Um, and so they start chasing them and they find this billboard that like has the exact same design that, you know, they paint onto the car. So like, Oh, we can pull in front of that for camouflage. My thing is the way they, like how close they showed Doc Hopper and Max to being to them. Wouldn't they have just seen them pull in front of the sign? I don't think Doc Hopper (laughs) and Max are very capable people. (laughs) I mean, we if was, I'm being honest, we've established I, that, but they still have <laughs> eyes. Do they? You have to get rid of oh all sense of rationality, Raven. Um, anyway. And what a fun soda <laughs> billboard pop off! <laughs> I mean, the artwork is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And then um, this. Okay, so now they're driving along, and then we see um, a plumbing truck. Mm-hmm. A plumber's truck with uh, Gonzo made out of like pipes and faucets, faucets and things like that, and we see uh, the great Gonzo, plumbing champion, with his uh, sweet sweet love, Camilla the Camilla chicken. The chicken. <laughs> Which I love how even in the movie they make a they make a point of noting how Gonzo does not in the slightest look like a turkey. <laughs> It's <laughs> just like yeah, he's a thing. He's, he's, a, he's a thing. Whatever the fuck Gonzo is, like we don't know. <laughs> oh man! And then and then not re- no one's really paying attention. Fozzie, Fozzie, well, hold, on. hold on, hold oh, on, hold on. Let's talk about Camilla. Now's the time. Yeah. For... Thank you. Here's the thing about Camilla that shows up frequently. It's it's that you know Gonzo is this character who's everyone is like, oh my god, I don't know what to do about this. He's just like a crazy 
you know, he's, he's like a, the Cosmo Kramer of this situation. Is all, you know, he's always like, boo, 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 yeah. insane. She is unfazed and always is, is, is making Gonzo go, whoa, come on! You know, like, he is, that, that is his match. Both, it appears to be, like, physically and also, like, uh, yeah. in conversation and emotionally. Uh, I think that she can just dish it out, and I love her for what that. What a real fun analysis of Honestly. this chicken puppet. Also, quick question. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a poultry thing. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> Shut up. Colin. Okay, and so Fozzie doesn't really pay attention to the road that often. Nope. And then Gonzo's distracted. And then we see uh, a very, you know, Muppet style, a whimsical car accident. <laughs> how does his car end up on top? Like, how is that It's a whimsical possible? car accident. There's no other words Especially to describe Especially because, it. so the way the cars end up on top of each other. So the cars are oriented... Um, in terms of like head and tail, the cars are oriented the same way. It's just Gonzo's is upside down on theirs. Which so, so it goes which, like it goes like this. This is an audio medium, uh, Campbell. Uh, yeah, but yeah it implies but like, you, it implies you, 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 you a head-on. You have the question. Our listeners don't. So it implies I'm, I'm a head-on collision you. in which Gonzo's just flipped upwards and on top of, which is just like how, but also hilarity. Also does ensue. Um, Drink numero dos. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, where were we? Um, um, okay, used car plays that. madman Moonies. We just car got there. Pl- okay, yeah. Well, technically, yeah, just, we just uh, finished just, uh, the car accident, but yeah. Yes. Um, so we find out Gonzo's aspirations. He wants mm-hmm. to go to Bombay to um, be a movie star. <laughs> To be a movie star, and he's, and he's and like, "What about like, we're going to Hollywood? Why don't you go there?" Like, he's like, "Oh yeah, if you want to go the easy bird. way." <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Oh, Gonzo, good old Gonzo. So then, um, they make their way, or they see that they're passing a used car place called Madman Moonies, and they're just like, "Well, you know, we know he's looking for a Studebaker. Maybe if we traded this old hunk of junk." I am in. so sorry. I had a. I have said a horrible error. Mad Mooney is Milton Berle. Max is Austin Pendleton. Yes. Listeners, I deeply apologize. Um, Can you apologize in song? <laughs> I'd love to see sorry. that. Sorry. Um, Austin Pendleton, Max, Gurgle from Finding Nemo, um, was in Christmas with the Cranks, uh, was in My Cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. I apologize to you deeply. Oh. Um, I recently saw that for the first time. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mad Mooney. Yeah, Milton so we Burrell. make our way to Mad Man Mooney's. Um, and yeah, they're just like, maybe if we trade this little hunk of junk in, we can, you know, escape Doc Hopper. And Fozzie's just like... $12 trade in value. I mean, that's a steal. That is a steal. Um, and so, yeah, so they make their way in and uh, typical kind of sleazy used car salesman trying to like overprice everything and stuff like that. Like he's leaning on one of the cars trying to sell it to them. Um and literally the fender comes off and he's like, oh, removable fenders for like narrow garages. And they're just like, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um he's like, get this car out of here. And then we see uh Sweetums. Sweetums come about and just 
moves that car right along <laughs> um, effortlessly. It was like that's the that's the Jack. It was like, and they're like, oh hey Jack, and it's like Jack Jock, Jack not name, Jack Job. Yeah, they never call him Sweetums. This, not once do they use his name and it makes me very sad for him because he is a great character he's um, a great character <laughs> uh yeah and so uh yes yeah, so the guy's going on and on about how um you know there's no gimmicks no hidden fees or anything like the price on the sticker is the price you pay um or like uh or his, or his name's not madman mooney you know um uh, and so as we see this or as he's saying this we see sweetums is wrestling with this fly and ends up killing it on the sign uh, for one of the cars um, that knocks the price down from $1,195 to $11.95. I like to think this is the same fly Kermit tries to eat at the beginning of the movie. Well, yeah. we should ask him. Did you guys manage to get the fly for this show? Uh, I was no, not able to died. get a comment. He died. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and so then Kermit's just like, "Oh hey, you know, do you wanna do you wanna come to Hollywood with us?" And he just like runs off, says nothing, and Kermit's just like, "Well, he made his choice and leaves." And then he comes back with his bag, and he's like, "No, guys, take me with you." Um, oh, of and, oh, also Gonzo is like, actually, you owe us a nickel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're paying us for, to take this car. <laughs> also, Kermit, can we talk about Kermit? It's like, yeah, let's sell both of your cars that I do not own. <laughs> I own neither of these vehicles. It's like, hope my uh, what his uncle uh, won't be mad after he gets up from like hibernating. <laughs> He's not gonna have a car. <laughs> He's gonna get to you, Fozzie. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, there's another, there's another reading of this film that Kermit. It's just Kermit will get to Hollywood at all costs, and it's like he starts this cult, and he starts selling stuff that's not his, and he. Uh, I mean, he's really getting into all sorts of mischief, you know. Um, yeah, so they just leave Coral Sweetums behind. Yeah, but he like chases after them. He's like, "No, I'm gonna catch up with you guys." Um, yeah. Any does manage to eventually um so then we hop over to little little county fair where they're deciding um i forget the it was like the miss something county whatever beauty pageant um miss uh bogan county bogan county yeah and the announcer yeah. among i'm sure other many other things is monica and ross's dad from friends yeah, it's elliot gold yeah um mcintyre and mash um oh. Ruben Tishkoff in the Oceans movies. Yep. Um, he also voiced Mr. Stoppable from Kim Possible. Uh, did not know that. Yeah, young Elliot Gould. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and then we see one of my favorite Muppets ever, Miss Piggy, who is amazing and is deservedly crowned as Miss Bogan County. She is, um, she's just, I mean, she's just iconic. What a powerhouse. Um, and I think, like, during this, I do like the background music for the fair, um, is, like, circus fair rendition of the Rainbow Connection in a lot of yeah, places. Yeah, it's a very jaunty so tune. Fun. So, Ms. Piggy is crowned, looks into the audience, sees Kermit, and we get into Never Before Never Again. Yeah. <laughs> which is a, a truly it's a beautiful song like the orchestration like backing it is beautiful and then you have ms piggy singing it 
And <laughs> it is like, I was, I constantly go in and out. It's like, oh, this is a beautiful song. And being like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I like keep on like oscillating yeah. back and forth. Oh yeah. Cause, cause the, the, the <sighs> scenes that they're playing over the song are like hilarious comical versions of like super romantic scenes. So like, Mm-hmm. They're taking this and romantic, the yeah. They're like they're they're on this robo on this lake, super romantic. She has her parasol, Kermit's rowing, and then she's like on the lakeside. He's like drowning in the water. Which like one, how is he drowning? He's a frog. Anyway, um, I I always love one of the things I love about Miss Piggy's character is how they always go back and forth like what her talents are because there are some it's Muppet, everything there are some other productions where she is a really good singer and she does like actual performances and stuff and then there's this one where it's just like clearly singing is not the talent you use to win the pageant <laughs> and then this you also see Miss Piggy got she got style mm. she got oh, she yeah. has wigs on wigs on wigs. She is nothing if not a fashionista. Yes, she is nothing if she's not a drag queen. Um, <laughs> and then, then one of the scenes, um, they straight up have sex. So oh, let's, yeah, yeah. yeah, they they fuck. They, I was they be watching fucking. that and I was like, wait, hold up, wait a second. Miss Piggy is, <laughs> yeah, sees Kermit for the first time and then just be like, I'm gonna jump I'm them a, bones. I'm gonna <laughs> jump them bones. Uh, and can't you respect that confidence? facts um yeah so they be fucking and yeah. so miss piggy approaches them gonzo's ogling the other chickens this boy camilla's not having tight. it he got tight <laughs> um oh yeah and so Just like me yikes <laughs> and so they go off to go get ice cream while yeah. kermit and miss piggy talk the ice cream man it's bob hope yeah right do it there bob hope um there's a lot of bits like this where it's like someone no. just shows me he's like what are you doing here <laughs> but then you remember it's 1979 yeah, yeah and the muppets are the greatest thing ever. in the world yeah um, um and, and so i think bob he... hope still has the record for hosting the academy awards the most amount of times that would not surprise me in the slightest i think it's like 19 18 or 19 Whoa. times yeah bob hope hosted um go home bob hope get there's something I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so they're getting ice cream flavors. Ice cream. <laughs> it's like, can I have... Um, well, he lists was... off all the flavors he has. And then Fozzie lists two flavors that were not on that list. And he's like, yep, here you go. Oh, man. Yeah, it yes. was uh, honey and... Dragonfly, um, Dragonfly ripple. ripple. Which is a fun flavor. Yeah. And then we see Gonzo and Camilla um, at... Like trying to uh, get a balloon. Yeah. Yep. Balloon Man, played by Richard Pryor. Again. <sighs> Again. What you doing here? <laughs> Richard Pryor is so fucking funny. He's hilarious. Well, it's halftime, sports fans. Um, I don't. I don't know why I said that. Anyway, it's Campbell from Boost Cools. Uh, I'd like to tell you all about Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation. This foundation keeps music alive in schools by providing vital support services to school districts and new musical instruments to underfunded music programs nationwide, giving underrepresented youth access to the many benefits of music education, leading them to success in school, and inspiring creativity and expression through playing music. 
There have been over 34,000 donated instruments and over 2 million students impacted by this organization. Some of the support services they offer are professional development for music teachers led by certified uh, instrument repair technicians and further community engagement and instrument drives, just to name a few. Again, Raven and I believe the best way to support us as a podcast is to support organizations like Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation that supports music education and the passion of music in our youth. You can donate at mhopus.org slash donate. Again, that's mhopus.org slash donate. Uh, back to our nonsense. Yes, okay, so Gonzo is trying to get balloons from Richard Pryor. Ends up... To impress Camilla. Yeah, because he's just been he, ogling he, a bunch uh, of other he, chickens. He's in the, he's in the uh, doghouse now. He's been rubbernecking. And all these other chickens. <laughs> he's um, been chicken-necking. <laughs> um... Yeah, and so he ends up like getting caught on the bunch of balloons or whatever, and ends up flying off you know, into the air. Um, terrifying experience for a bird, um, and yeah, and so like he's like flying, flying through the air down the road, and they have to like chase him. Um, and he hilarity ensues, hijinks ensue, because uh, then they're also being chased by like Max and. Uh, Doc Ock. Yes, that guy. <laughs> Doctor Octopus. <laughs> Doc Ock. Uh, Doc Ock. Um, yeah, and so, uh, and they end up. He's chasing him with a gun, and he's just. And Max is just like, Doc, what are you doing? He's just like, Oh no, I'm just gonna shoot the tires. I'm like, I. Oh, and do not point, trust that. Kermit invites Miss Piggy to go get ice cream. She takes that as. Oh yeah, we're, to I'm going to Hollywood us. with you, and he's just like, huh? he like packed your bags, <laughs> and so they're like all tr- they're they're all going now in the Studebaker. Mm-hmm. No longer. Uh, no, they no not longer the Studebaker. Have the, Studebaker. the whatever yeah. the other vehicle is, I don't know. Uh, Studebaker be gone. Um, um, yeah, so they're, they're chasing Gonzo down the road, running away from Max and Doc Hopper. Mm-hmm. Um, and they end up Fozzie tries to like get out of the car while, while driving he's driving it. and Kermit's just like Fozzie get back in the car what are you doing <laughs> um, and so he's like running all over the road and there's a billboard sign for a woman who's like advertising her pies and they run mm-hmm. into it and the pie Bear left frog right <laughs> solid joke yeah oh yeah there's a lot of good one liners in here um, and so they run into the billboard and the pie flies off and hits Max and Doc Hopper's car. And then his gun goes Which, off and shoots the balloons that are lifting Gonzo aloft. And he falls onto Fozzie's car. Couple things. That pie <laughs> was real? <laughs> and then also, after they drive off, Max, like, wipes some of it off the windshield and eats it. I'm like, I would not eat that cream, sir. At this point, I would not eat that cream, sir. What an interesting <laughs> sentence you just spoke to us. Um, do you now maybe think, maybe think it's more believable that they did not see the Studebaker <laughs> in front of that soda billboard? Yes, because <laughs> clearly cool. they are not up to snuff. <laughs> No. No, they're not. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so now they're in the car. Um, uh, Piggy is just so impressed by Kermit. 
um, how he assumed command of the situation. Yeah, and they're just like, he didn't do anything. Like, Gons was just like, I'm the one who fell into the car. Father's like, I was the one driving. She's like, yeah, but he took the hardest job of all, giving orders. She's like, <laughs> mon capitan. <laughs> it's just like, gross. <laughs> I, lo- I love when she speaks French. Um, oh my gosh. And then Piggy was like, "What? why don't we stop somewhere and why don't we have like a small dinner, just the two of us. And Kermit's like, and before this, Kermit seems like, like not into it. And he's just like, yeah. okay, sure, fine. And then Kermit is rocking that ascot. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. <laughs> um, and Ms. Piggy is uh, stunting. Oh, yeah. Well, because she's so pressed like she is thirsty (laughs) for that frog and i don't know how to feel about it because i did not like it's always been like the running joke of like oh like miss piggy and kermit like blah blah blah. but i was like i do not remember her being this pressed throughout this entire movie oh yeah Yeah. um and so (laughs) trying to go hog wild Nice. On that bullfrog. Trying to go frog wild. Grab that frog. So by that one. Bullhog. Um, they go to this fancy restaurant and they meet their waiter, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. In the um, shortest suit shorts I've ever I seen. I was in. I gotta say, I was into it. <laughs> I loved it. I've never seen him this young He's before. Interesting. Yeah. He's so young. Um, also, his Kermit hair is still gray. Like, Young but gray oh, hair. Oh, he's just yeah. yeah. His, his hair is just gray, oh <laughs> out the womb. Um, and I like that Kermit. It was like, do you mind if I already ordered some wine? I was like, oh, Kermit, this is not your your first radio here. I was so confused. I was like, Kermit, I thought you weren't into this. And he's like, well, he, Kermit, I thought you were from the Bayou. <laughs> Well, that's why Doesn't he picked... mean he can't appreciate a good uh, Idaho, Idaho wine. wine. <laughs> and at this point, when Steve Martin is just like the rudest ra- waiter and like pours it for them, he's like, "Can we get straws?" I thought so. I apologize. I want to apologize to Raymond and Cullen. That should have been our drink for this episode. <laughs> a good Idaho, Idaho wine, wine with straws. Drinking with a straw. Oh my gosh! Also, um, why does it have a bottle cap? <laughs> Uh, question for you, Raven. <laughs> How much did this wine cost? Ninety-five cents. Cool. Oh Would you gosh. still like an answer <laughs> no, to your no. previous question? Done. Right. Just, just one check. In. Just one check back in. Also, to make sure that your needs are being met. <laughs> when he puts it back in the cooler, he puts it down upside down, which I didn't notice until afterwards, and I cracked up. Oh yeah, he don't give a fuck. He don't give a flying <laughs> fuck. Um, so Miss Piggy uh, is so in love. Um, and then they're like they're like, "Oh, let's like take a sip." Um, they start drinking and then Miss Piggy drains it. And oh, then yeah. I wrote in my notes, "Ooh, what that mouth do." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Also, she gets like, That's she gets pretty tipsy off of one glass of uh the sparkling what did he call it? Sparkling something. I don't. It was not. It was not champagne. (laughs) Ralph comes in the scene. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my next my next note is Ralph in all caps. (laughs) First, Miss Piggy gets a phone call. It's her agent. Mm -hmm. I'll be right back. Kermit is morose. 
He is distressed. Beautiful use of the word morose. He is... Which again, I was just like, you weren't even into this ten minutes ago. He he is been... He's he's been going through it. Um, He was having a nice time with this lovely, lovely woman pig. And she just never comes back. It's like your date has to leave, like go to the bathroom and sneaks out because... You're, you're probably terrible. a serial killer. You're a terrible person. If someone escapes your date by lying to you, they are not the problem. Just want to put that out there. Oh, yeah. Listeners, if this has happened to you and they left and they felt the need to lie to you, check in with yourself. <laughs> Have a little come to see, Jesus moment. <laughs> see what's going on there. Um, now, Ralph the dog, my favorite Muppet character. Ralph Hell of a piano is, is something I would call perfect character design. <laughs> I, I have uh, 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 no complaints, no notes, no notes to no notes. the design of Ra- <laughs> Ralph the dog. Perfect. Truly a perfect <laughs> character design. That's a two-person Muppet. It's a two-person it's Muppet. Jim. And the piano playing of Ralph is insane like oh yeah to me like looking at the piano i'm like that dude is really playing it and it's two people have you have you tried playing the piano with thick ass gloves oh my gosh or or as a dog or as a dog to play the piano uh yeah snoopy no luck take that schroeder um apart from beethoven the dog i've never seen anything like it well i would say um Oh, what's their name from Aristocats when he's playing the piano? Well, those are those are. I know cats, they're cats but it's still an animal playing the piano. It's still it's still an animal with paws and no cats. Cats are talented and precise, um, and dogs just have a lot Wait, of energy. That looks fake. That's fair. The Aristocats. The Aristocats look fake to me. <laughs> it doesn't look realistic. <laughs> Uh, which is fun because I think in like three weeks or something we will be recording for Aristocats yes (laughs) Um, but Ralph the dog um, perfect perfect character really tries to like you know it's so he is a pianist he's like serving an important role as a bartender seeing a fella you know down on his luck Mm -hmm. um forlorn mayhaps he sees in kermit um and they get into the song i hope hope something better better comes along comes along because ralph gives uh gives some advice yeah just have a couple of beers Mm -hmm. and honestly stay away from women also i feel like this this is one of the greatest songs of all time it's so good this song, as I was, song. As I was listening oh, to yeah. it again... Oh yeah, he's just singing with himself. I was like, this song starts off as like, you know, relationship advice and like, oh, you know, like, things will get better and blah blah blah. And then kind of just devolves into them talking about just like interspecies fucking. <laughs> just like... Um, yeah, I thought when <laughs> Cullen and I said how great of a song it was, that was implied. <laughs> Like that's like that like that 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 informs our opinion of the song, Raven. Yeah. 
It was like, oh yeah, it's a a song about, (laughs) yeah, like, it's called Subtext, like, (laughs) is this your first time on the podcast? It sounds like it. Uh, Like, well, okay, I also think that in terms of the whole story, this is arguably one of the most important parts, which makes sense, because Rolf is one of the oldest Muppets, one of the original Muppets Mm -hmm. of Kermit, so of course, like, this would be, like, the, you know, the the character who would do it for him, but in the story of, like, you know, that Kermit, it's a beautiful message for everyone to follow their dreams, that kind of thing. And, like, this is kind of like a uh, a big moment for him. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's beautiful that we have one of his oldest friends do that for him. And I think, yeah, I think that's a really, really insightful um, piece about this. And I think, like you said, this song is really defining an important aspect of Kermit's journey. Yeah. Starting with Rainbow Connection to this song and then Gonzo songs later and then to the finale song, I think shows um, definitely the emotional journey of Kermit or for an audience member of someone who is hopeful following their dreams, becoming more realistic or being showed um, really honest things that happen when you do follow your dreams and like listen to that little voice inside of you and what can happen when you persevere. Exactly, yeah. And in that way, you know, like we were kind of joking earlier about like, oh yeah, this is the exact origin story of the Muppets and stuff like that. But in that way, like it is it is a little realistic in the sense of like, yeah, sure, th- this may not be the physical events that happened, but like this is this is the journey. Which I still that- disagree with you with. <laughs> this is this is the journey that happened and like it, it's kind of it's taking the audience on the emotional journey that occurred, you know, to get to where they are today. Yeah. Yeah, which is exactly what they promised. We're, we're, the journey it's a great song. About, uh, the journey, of course, is uh, interspecies boning, though, right? Raven. Indeed, indeed, correct. Yes, correct, yes. correct. Uh, on the when, same page. <laughs> when people were like, "Gay marriage? What's next? You going to marry your dog?" Yes, yes, that is what we're. This, this is the future liberals want. <laughs> this is the gay agenda. <laughs> this is the gay agenda. Um, I want to see a frog and pig be happy together. Because I mean, we've already seen we've already seen a donkey and a dragon. This is really so different. All I care about is consent. So do what you want. Animals and children can't give consent. So Kermit gets a phone call. I was going to say something else I really like in this song, and I like in any songs, is when they take the time. And Raven, I think you could benefit from this practice. Um, You take the time. To count back in, re-familiarize yourself <laughs> with the tempo. The shape. When Ralph is like, two, three, four. Cool, we're together again. You're, you're dragon bass drums, you're dragon. Um, I appreciate that in this song. I feel attacked. <laughs> I can't even have a good time, I'm honestly. <laughs> I can't even have a good time, I'm honestly just feeling so attacked right now. <laughs> Moving right along, ba, 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 da, 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 da. Kermit gets a phone call. Indeed. And he finds out that uh, Little Miss Piggy was kidnapped by none other than Doc Hopper. Ugh, so rude. Indeed. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Um, you better come here or she, your, your girl's going to get ham-hocked by breakfast. Love a good ham-hock. As you said during the, our Christmas special. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> With uh, Yukon Cornelius, who is... 
<laughs> the greatest pos- prospect oh. in the world. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, oh. Point Raven. Uh, yeah, oh. so then... Okay, so then we, we get uh, introduced. They, like, tie Kermit up. Mm-hmm. They're, like, in this, like, barn house, or they're, like, in this... I don't know where they are, <laughs> but they are then introduced to... Okay, so this uh, restaurateur... Um, has a lot of connection. We are introduced to... So what is a natural connection mm-hmm. a restaurateur may have? From the bayou. Or Everglades, whatever. Nazi scientist. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Correct. Played by Mel Brooks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> professor... Uh, is it Max Craftsman? Uh, Craftsman. Yes, Professor Craftsman. Craftsman. Um, questions. And answer. So he says... Or he introduces him as the the world's leading expert on, like, mind control and frogs. So yes. is he just, like, a leading expert on mind control? Or, like, mind control specifically of frogs? Because that's just, like... I think frogs is a specialty. Or frogs. I think frogs is a specialty, but you have to have the basis of mind control to build off of that from, like, a research standpoint. Cool. So this uh, connects back with something to else. To the Holocaust, one hundred percent. Oh, for sure. But this connects back to something else I was saying, and something else I'm going to bring up later. There's a lot of he very frog-specific things in this movie that don't need to be frog-specific. <laughs> yeah. Uh, name 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 three. Name three. Okay, a yes. restaurant that sells literally nothing but frog legs. Uh, wow. Mad Nazi scientist who specializes specifically in mind control on frogs. And you just then, said that, so I guess I'll count it next. Anyway, um, okay. Well, then fine. Um, an ad that specifically needs frogs, no other animals required. Um, and then also later on. An assassin who specializes specifically in the killing of frogs. Raven, I'm proud of you. I think we can, our true growth can be measured from me. I hate you. Um, I know what you're going to say. Demanding things of you, <laughs> um, because usually when I'm like, oh, name three, name five, you're like, I no, I can't, I can't do that. And then you really try, you do it. You were ready. I was for prepared. My you were prepared. You, you. I had receipts. Going to the Campbell call. <laughs> Uh. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> Nazi scientist um, Mel Brooks, mm-hmm. um, which uh, man, Mel Brooks really knows how to make fun of some Nazis. <laughs> um, check out Ooh, our episode. Is it five? Yeah, producers feature Kira Jarral. Um, so we talk about more Nazi fun. Yeah, so they're trapped, and so to hypnotize Kermit. Rigged up, you know, this machine. Mm-hmm. I'll zap his brain real good. Uh, Doc Hopper's like, you got it from here, boys. Take Kermit, put it in the chair. The time it takes Professor Craftsman to put Kermit in the chair. Real quick. Yes. I think I have the same note on that as you do. But before that, this is also where I was going to bring up um, the amazing quality and talent of Jim Henson's puppeteering because in, oh, yeah. in this scene the depth of expression on Kermit's like that he manages on Kermit's face is outstanding. it's all about it's 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 all about the scrunch yes and like it's and all about the Kermit yeah. scrunch there's the scene that's like all the mo- that's all 
Oh. When Kermit is trying to escape from the ropes and he like makes there's like a specific face that he makes. I'm just like I feel that like that is hu- like he almost felt human for a second because of the like the expression he was making. And I was just like, this is literally a person's hand in a green puppet. And it's just like, I feel that like I relate to that. And it's and it's so insane how good like all of the puppeteers, but Jim Henson is at utilizing these puppets and really allowing them to become truly relatable characters yes um what was i saying um oh. getting him in the chair the, the getting him relate to a human yes exactly um it's it's fun making oh. felt animals personable also when they're Furthermore. when they're picking him up to put him in the chair um miss piggy's just like whatever happens next first of all you know what's happening next because he just explained it in excruciating detail but she's like whatever happens next i wouldn't trade this evening for anything would you and he's like make me an offer <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i'm a- of course I yes would. <laughs> um and so the what i was going to say was professor craftsman puts the frog in the chair mm-hmm Takes his sweet he ass takes time. His sweet ass time to get to the controls during, and then those controls, yeah, lock him in the chair. Mm-hmm. Correct. Kermit's mm-hmm. earlier in the film narrowly escapes construction yep. equipment. I'm I'm here with you. Keep going. <laughs> instantly jumping, frog like reflexes, mm-hmm. hop hop hopping up all way, Peter Cottontail style, hopping down the bunny trail. He did not think to nope leave nope not for a second not for a second uh-uh. he was drunk because I because he was drunk I'm down... fine with it now I take it back take it back well no he was drunk I I agree but the thing that confused me was that when he's putting him in the chair the way he presses his hands down I thought he was already secured and I, I did think that too and, I was just and then like, you saw the little plastic yeah and I was like hold up. <laughs> Sir, you could have clambered down. You could have slid. Could have moved a leg. I don't know. Right. Uh, um. And so, oh yeah. And then Craftsman's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess up this little f o r g fork. That's comedy, baby. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And so he's a, he's reaching for the switch and is about to destroy Kermit's brain. Do the deed. Do the deed. Um, And then Miss Piggy, always the badass, um, straight up just breaks out of her restraints and just goes full on Kung Fu Panda on everybody. You cannot take Miss Piggy in a fight. I think it's uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan or the Great Muppet Keeper, one of those. And I think, like, Miss Piggy is, like, in jail. Yeah, she's in jail. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like, Anna, something happens, and she's like, I gotta get out of here. And so she takes the iron bars. <laughs> yeah. Piggy scrunch. And then just... <laughs> um, yeah, so then she beats up all the guys and destroys the scientists. Oh, during during this time, when they are fighting Miss Piggy... I, I did think if I was one of these actors, this seems like a really fun scene to film. Oh, for sure. Getting your ass kicked by Ms. Piggy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be able to stop talking that <laughs> that was an experience I had. 
um that yeah that would become my opener for for every social situation um yeah and so she kicks all the day of their is safe, asses thanks to the powerpuff girl. yeah and then they're the reunited they're, yeah they're reunited they're talking everything and then she gets a phone call from her agent about a commercial and her voice changes completely <laughs> and she's like yeah what is it okay okay take it and then she just turns on she's like oh sure. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> um, how did her agent reach her? By phone? Oh, like how did he have the phone number? That's a damn good agent. That's how. <laughs> how did he know where she was? That's a damn good agent. That's how, Raven. I just explained it. Oh, my god! Keep up. Anyway, um, yes, and they cut back to the theater because there's an issue with the film. Um, it's ruined by Swedish Chef. Uh, Swedish Chef. I think, I think Swedish Chef is fun. How they like, you know, puppeteer him, and the the stark contrast of similar methods between Ralph real hand. and Swedish Chef. Ralph, you don't see man human hands. <laughs> <laughs> Swedish Chef, you bet your ass you do. <laughs> and I love it very much. Oh. Um, yeah, and so then they, they get the film back on track, and Kermit's like, oh yeah, this is the patriotic part of the film, and it just cuts back to Fozzie singing America. <laughs> America the people. Yeah, he's like, patriotism he's swells in the heart of the American bear. Yeah, okay, and so, um, in, in this, where they were, they were, okay, so were they in Idaho when they had the wine? I don't think so. Okay. You don't have to I be in the place. I, I think they. Were, I think. I think there were some lyrics or some other like talkings about dialogue. Is a word yep, for talkings indeed. about. <laughs> Wild. We're trying. Um, I think they at some point they were in Texas, and then the next scene they were in South Dakota. Again, and that's fun. I have not been able to track the geography at any point in this movie. <laughs> And then we see the Kermit shooting practice. Oh my god. And again, yeah, we, we meet a guy who specializes specifically in killing frogs with miniature pitchforks? Question mark? Harpoons? It's I don't like, know. It's, it's like the trident version of a harpoon. Yeah. It's, it's an it's interesting like Submariner sure. from the DC universe. This is what his weapon of choice would be. <laughs> Everyone oh knows gosh. Submariner, right? Also, uh, they make... Antagonist to Aquaman. Yes. Um, also, so granted, it was still, it was a very good shot, but also they make a huge deal out of the fact that he was able to shoot the Kermit, like, stand-in, but also that Kermit stand-in was, like, four times the size of the actual Kermit, if not bigger. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Just wanted to point that out. Um, Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Um, they're picking up Miss Piggy on the side of the road. Oh yeah, they they are like driving. They're like, is that Miss Piggy? Um, and so she was like, oh hey everyone, what a coincidence! And then she's like, they're like, don't don't let her in. She's like, can I join you? They're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then like when she's like in the front, 
And when they're driving off, Ralph is like, hi, I'm Ralph the dog. I was playing the piano earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Ralph. Good old Ralph. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Miss Piggy was, like, asked Kermit, like, can I have a kissy kissy? <laughs> and he is over her shit. <laughs> he is hurt. He's heartbroken. But through and through, Kermit is the character who's like, where's my hug? You know? <laughs> Yikes. Uh, at, at his worst. Yeah, that's fair. Um, And then we hear a sputtering noise. And the engine dies. And then the they hear on the, the radio, Doc Hopper saying, I'm going to just announcing threats that they hear on the radio. Yep. Like yep. you hear on public radio they're, they're, all the time. They're, they're people, the Muppets. You are you're 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 committing crimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, actively threatening citizens. No, no, no. What 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 did I say before in D and D? You're uh, breaking bro- crimes. Break crimes. Yeah, committing breaking laws. crimes. You're committing laws. <laughs> but I love I love when the engine dies and Ralph is just like, oh, it's probably something broken about the engine. I think. Really, is he quality wrong? detective work. <laughs> Is he wrong? <laughs> he he is what Raven? Technically dog correct. Right. <laughs> he no, he is doggone right, Cullen. I was Raven oh, knew what like was asking her for technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. Indeed. Um, according to Futurama, um, and you know, God, um, <laughs> but <laughs> doggone right. Oh my that, That's a good. One. That's a good one. So then they, like, go to the nearest town, and it's, like, pretty deserted. Straight up a horse skeleton. No, it just collapses, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Wait, no. they are... No, we're not, no, we're no, no, they're, no, no, no. We, they're stuck I in the desert. deeply apologize. No, no, you're There's good, you're good. There's so much yeah. to talk about. The, the whole emotional journey you were talking about earlier. Uh, I... It's fine. No, yeah. this is fine because normally it's me that does this, and it's a little refreshing. Yeah. Um, yeah Speaking so... about refreshing, <laughs> so <sighs> they're stranded in the desert, um, and they're like talking about, oh yeah, like the audition. This is the first time we hear that there is actually a set time for the Ralph audition. Killing it on the harmonica, killing it. Um, yeah, so they have to be in Hollywood by 2 p.m. tomorrow for the audition. They have no idea how they're going to get there because they're stranded. Um, and Kermit is just like, well, you know, like, technically I didn't promise you guys that we we're going to make it to Hollywood. But he's they, like... They never said that, though. They never said that, that. Like, Kermit, no one is blaming you. It just happened. And so then we get into the song, I'm going he to takes go back it so there someday. Yeah. And so we see Gonzo singing. Uh, we like, kind of sing about, like, his time... In the sky, you know, novel yeah. experience for a bird. Um, and Let's. This song <laughs> right. is so beautiful, so and beautiful. it has no right to be this yeah. emotionally charged oh, for no. what this movie is. Um, and I okay, so I feel very I have, strongly about um, some like quotes and interviewed. The voice of Gonzo was like asked about this song mm-hmm. and like the meaning behind it and thing like that. So I'll read some of it. Um, Jim and I never spoke about why he loved the song so much, but he felt very strongly about it. For me, the song does a couple of things. It's a wistful song about those rare moments of weightlessness, times when everything is perfect, times where we yearn to return to. But ultimately, it's about finding our place in the world, finding soulmates, and trying to achieve a state of grace. That's just me. For Frank Oz, maybe it's a song about cabbage. <laughs> uh, he like is talking about 
how one of the things that makes this song so iconic is um, its art. Yeah. It can be interpreted differently. There's no so many differently yeah. different ways. Like what what does this song mean to like you all? Question being posed to the group. Colin, would you like to go first as our guest? I can go first. If you want time to think about it. Well that would not be very kind to me as a guest. I, I if you want more time to think about it. Yeah. Um, no, I think I, well what I was going to say is and I think that interview happens after Jim Henson has already died. But about once a year, I, and my friend Kevin does this too, who loves Muppet as much as I do, will watch the memorial service for Jim Henson. It's so, it's, if you haven't. it's tough to get through without, it's, like, it's falling apart. Brutal. Yeah, but it's really, really beautiful, and this song makes a very prominent appearance. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, it it really, I guess in that moment, took on a whole new meaning as well. But I think this song built off, oh my gosh, the previous song, whose name I have forgotten. Uh, it's, oh I hope God, something better something comes better along. Something better comes along, yeah. That's it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go back there someday, builds off that song. Um, because that, the first song is kind of like, a hopeful kind of thing and then this is like really getting into kermit's sense of like shame and like the resilience through that that moment and i think that's really 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 big and i agree i love that interview he's like and it could just mean cabbage to frank oz that like throughout all of muppet dumb there's always like it could be this like deep meaningful thing or it could be absolutely just pure silliness you know and i think that that is uh so vital to all beautiful things yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, I love the lyric. Um, not a word yet for old friends you've just met. Yeah. To me, like what this song like means to me, um, what I got from it, it's like you like have this dream, hope, idea, and like everything, you have everything you need, everything that's built up, everything you felt to achieving it. And right before you have it, after you've like built it up in your head, your heart, your soul, you never get there. Yeah. The entire song is an almost. Yeah. The yeah. entire song is an almost. Yeah. And and, and for me, this song is, is very similar like, to me when I hear Like Almost this song, by Bowling for Soup. <laughs> when Great I song. when I hear this song, it actually has it feels like it has a future tense to me. Um and I, I think because but it's not of that, s- it's not sad to me either. Like it, not it, it achieving doesn't, those it doesn't things. I don't feel sad. Have to be sad. But like it's yeah. for me, it, it's very much that where like it, it can be looking, it can be looking back of like oh, there's this time that I really loved or I really enjoyed, and I felt just like complete bliss and happiness, and I'm going to get back to that. But to me, it's almost more of there's something I'm looking forward to. And I'm going to, and like, in looking forward to it, that expectation and that hope gave me such joy and gave me such happiness. And I'm, and that's the place I'm going to get back to that place of joy, that place of hopefulness, that place of wonder, that place of amazement. I'm going to get Getting back there's to that. Getting there is half the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because um, Gonzo, he's talking about, he's talking about when he was like flying in the sky yeah, with the balloons like, and he's like, yeah, that he, weightlessness. Yeah. And he's like, that was a beautiful feeling. And I want all of you to be able to experience that. And I think it's just yeah, so, so great. Go on, Colin. The the central message it feels like the, the like the whole movie is like 
to enjoy this as like a, a huge command to like enjoy this moment you know and like be a part of the journey which makes sense like if it is an allegory as we think to jim henson's life and like anyone who is like on the way to success and you know it's hard to enjoy every every moment of of like you're you're getting to where you want to be going Mm -hmm. while you're on your you know fulfilling your dreams and stuff and this this song definitely feels like a big culmination which is why it's so brutal at his memorial service because that is like Oh God! And he died young, you know. And yeah, yeah. Ugh, I oh, don't want to think about yeah, it. Yeah, this this song is so emotional. Exactly what you're saying, Colin. Like those moments also being like, you know, when you have that like feeling, like Raven. When we were thinking about like when we recorded this podcast for the first time, mm-hmm. we were like actually doing it, yeah. and like that feeling, like but even before we like published and things like that. Moments like that, yeah. Those small moments of emotionally charged moments, whatever emotion it may be, like building up, that's like definitely going to lead to something. Yeah. Um, that rising exposition. And Enjoy it, the rising exposition. And the thing is, the thing that's interesting about those moments of like moments of impact is that you know that they're impactful. You can feel it. You're like in this moment, like you know that this is an important moment in their story. Um, and same thing with that. Like I distinctly remember at the end of that, at the end of us recording Anastasia, I remember we kind of just like sat there. We were like, I feel like that was good. You know, and like good no one it. else had listened to it. We hadn't edited. We hadn't done anything. We literally just hit stop on the recording. We, we were, were just, like, drunk as fuck. We were so drunk. <laughs> and we were just like, I think that was good. And I and it was, obviously, because now we have people that listen to the show and really enjoy it. And it's... Yeah, and I think it's it's so cool. Um, and I'm loving our discussion about it. And it's exactly like uh, the voice of God, what he was saying. Um, what a work of art means to one person does not invalidate what it means to another. Absolutely. Uh, right. And I think this is the prime example of that. Yeah. Like this song. So one thing that you all have talked about um, is like they're really good at putting uh, emotion and feeling mm-hmm. into the body of these, you know, puppets. I wonder, two far question. One, what does it feel like to be experiencing the those feelings like what does it feel like in your body how does your body react to it and two do you see the um puppeteers putting that into the body of i think so great question i definitely i think i feel what they feel when they're doing it because like then if you like really breaking it down it's a hand just like moving a mouth yeah and a lot of times but it's it's like it's like sween todd my arm is finally complete again. Um, like, Raven, you were talking about that episode when, like, you had, like, your violin bow and yeah. you, like, felt it as an extension of yourself. I had Jenny, this Honda Accord, 1998 Honda Accord. Oh, and yeah. And I would, like, parallel park. I knew exactly what the spacing... I was like, this car is an extension of my body. Mm-hmm. It is not... I am doing this act. But it's having yourself and your being fueled through an inanimate object yeah and and i think i i couldn't point out the specific things or, or body language points um that cause it but there is humans like i, th- I think it's something like what only 10 percent of our communication is verbal like everything else is basically body language and stuff like that like expressions etc and and that's the thing that can be hard mm-hmm. with 
making like good animation using like good claymation puppeteering and stuff like that is that there's inherently a loss there and I don't know how they managed to do it but in this scene there is a solemnity to the group like there is a feeling of melancholy that's coming from more than just the music the music contributes to it and it solidifies what you already are feeling and seeing but even without the song you know exactly what these puppets are feeling just through the way they're inanimate puppets are sitting on the ground like it's like you know exactly the feeling of the group from their body language even though they don't have real bodies you know yeah I that was a great question so colin yeah um it's just incredible to me i've always thought that that was like the best part of like why people love the muppets mm-hmm. so much is like it's a reflection of because all every emotion has to be exaggerated yeah. all the like body language has to be exaggerated so I think that that really communicates well to humans and like why we enjoy it because we're like, oh, I'm really seeing them, you know, doing the sway. I feel like the sway yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. And uh, whether you know, you're aware of it like, or not, that, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Art, oh, man. We got to move on. Yeah. To yeah I feel like we can keep talking right about this for hours, man. <laughs> okay. So then Kermit like walks off. Um, well, he walks off like during this um and like during this song and then he's like talking to himself um which is like one of the best kermit memes also kermit is the best meme oh for sure fact cool. I Every, everyone's with us make yeah. that leap with us and you can continue listening to the podcast <laughs> um and so he he was talking to himself he was like he was like, "Oh yeah, like I never promised them," and they're like, "Yeah, that like they don't care, like it's it's, it's fine." Okay, he's yeah. like, "He's like, yeah, they believed in the dream," and he's like, "Don't you?" It's like, "Oh yeah, I believe in the dream," and then he realized he's like, "Why he's so down on himself?" That he's like, "I don't think we can make it." Um, all these like expectations upon me. That's not what's bothering them. Um, what's bothering him? What is bothering him is he promised himself. He promised himself. Yeah. This was his dream that he saw in the Rainbow Connection. Um, that he's like his faith, his belief was turning tangible, and that promise he made with himself is like why he's so dejected right now. Yeah, and like coming to terms with that, he's accepting that, and now knows he can move forward through that, mm-hmm. which I think is. And that, I feel um, like that was a powerful moment, and that was a powerful like dope. line of dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote down, I promise me. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then, who shows up? But he's a- like, what's <laughs> happening? At the moment, we're what's happening. <laughs> With just two young, wild, crazy guys. Um, um, electric Mayhem shows up. And they're just uh, like, I don't understand. How did you find? It's like, well, we just kept reading the screenplay. It said it right there, exterior desert night. We knew right where you were. <laughs> What's a great band? <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, um, so then we get into like a brief moving right along reprise as they get back on the road in Electric Mayhem's band bus yeah. tour bus. I have a question. I don't understand a note I wrote. I wrote <laughs> Jesus, Miss Piggy. What does she do? <laughs> um, I 
Oh, 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 wait, 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 no, no. Oh, she, it was probably when, um, so she and Kermit are at the back of the bus. <laughs> um, they're at the back of the, they're in the back of the bus. Oh, and, and she wants like, to bone him like, right then and yeah, there. Yeah, she's like, uh, Kermit whispers sweet nothings in my ear. And then he's just like, That's motorcycle oh, cop. Raven, yes, 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 hey. yes. That's why I wrote, Jesus, Miss <laughs> Yeah, she wants um, to like do him right that, there in the back of the bus. That's also recording, but um, and then there's a cop coming. Where the sweet nothings is a recurring bit that happens frequently, <laughs> and sometimes you'll just hear Kermit. Go, yeah, which I think is really funny. <laughs> that's it's, amazing. That's so funny. Ah, oh, they're so fucking funny. Oh um, and then like they see like the police are coming, and they're like, uh, like, oh, you have to pull over, and then uh, Doctor <laughs> Keith is like, easier, easier done, done than said. said. <laughs> oh man, hilarious. I, I love his. Um, yeah, I love when he does that. Um, um, yeah, and so then and they see like, that it's Max. The fuzz, it's the P, and Miss Piggy is like, Watch "Don't you dare, fucking mouth! <laughs> Do not disrespect me like that." <laughs> and that, I think that was the moment that it, on my name. I think that was the moment that it, like, it actually. I was like, "Wait a second, her name is her species." <laughs> <laughs> but also, don't know how I never realized it. But yeah, just, so then we see. Oh, did they just say "fuck the police" in Muppet form? Yep. Yes, one hundred percent. Fuck the police. <laughs> That's exactly what just happened. Um, and so then we see that it's Max who has so come Max. To few questions. Road. You could have just come by yourself. Where'd you get this car? Where'd you get this uniform? <laughs> Concern. And Max. He is never just offers like, an explanation. <laughs> no. And Max explains about the frog killer, where they are, like, what's going on. And they're like, we're going to confront him. Instead of going to the actual police. Yep. Um, Why would you do because that? Because the common theme, mm-hmm. Muppets canon. Fuck the police. The police. <laughs> no, I'll fuck the police. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Um, and so then, yeah, so he's like, oh, like, the, the only thing up here is, like, a ghost town. And so then Kermit's yeah. just like, that's what we'll do it. The showdown. So then we go to Now the we're showdown. at the ghost town. Yes. And we see the dead horse skeleton uh, falling over. And then they're at this barrel. And, of course, genius invention, musical rain collecting barrel. Yes. I mean, he's just like, Everyone's got to have one. Yeah, and then we see Honeydew and Beaker come out, and he's just like, oh, yeah, make my living here uh, making um, uh, improving useful inventions. I'm like, useful? So funny. Is that the word for that? Like, cool, sure. <laughs> it's useful the word for that improving invention. Improving useful inventions. Um, they have the Instagram yeah. pills. <laughs> I mean, a four-foot prune increasing the size of food. It's good nutrition. Useful. And then... um the showdown happens and see Kermit Classic walking question. out with his spurs, mm-hmm. his cowboy hat. He's ready classic, to die. Classic Kermit meme. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it's a showdown. Um, and Kermit's basically to Doc Hopper, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, he's like, dude, um, I'm over here literally trying to live my dream, be with my friends, be with people who care about me. What are you doing with your life? I don't understand. And, he's like, he's and I don't like, think you, you weird, understand. You, you have a weird dream. You don't have any friends. He's like, Max is my friend. And Max is like, oh, no. I do not know this man. Sorry to this man. <laughs> he's like, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> I don't know you. Um, y- yeah. <laughs> you don't know me. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then I remember having the thought, um, 
Animal ate that whole jar of pills, didn't he? And alas, he did. <laughs> so, fun fact. Henson refused to use a normal puppet and a miniature set. They constructed a 60-foot animal head for this for this scene. That checks out. And I respect yeah, it. it. I respect the craft. Um, so, yeah, everyone is scared as fuck at uh, Aminal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then why are you going with them, Max? Not unclear. <laughs> yeah. But, so they so. make it to Worldwide Studio. Mm-hmm. Um, they get all the way in to Mr. Lord's front office. And they encounter his secretary slash receptionist. Played by Cloris Leachman. Yes. Who, I mean, my favorite role of hers um, is the grandmother in Malcolm in the Middle. Um, especially when she loses her leg from saving Dee. <laughs> um, and then it's like her and Lois yes. at some, I, I forget like what religion, what Orthodox religion there's like, they have to like dance with like knives and like, uh, <laughs> uh, like big poles that you'll get crushed by. And there, and she was like, the leg will only slow me down. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> She's played uh, mama and raising hope. Um, she's been in a million things. She was, um, uh, Fran Blucher, uh, in, uh, Young Frankenstein. Um, I've never, uh, the, the Croods, it's like, I feel like six different Croods movies have come out during quarantine, but she's the grandmother in it. I'm always seeing, like, a new Croods movie. I've never seen any of them. Oh, at Um, least the the first, the Croods is really good, really good. I like it. Um, yeah, our friend Alex, who's like, have you seen the Croods? Pretty tight. Um, also plays Indeed Beverly Ann in The Facts of Life. Yeah, so they torture her into submission. Oh, using, biological warfare. Using her allergy, <laughs> severe allergy, to animal yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, and they turn the fan on high, and they're just like, we're not leaving until you let us in. I'm like, I will this is say her job. <laughs> feathers aren't hair. Nope. Frogs don't have hair. Don't have hair. You were correct. What are we gonna do about that? Don't know. <laughs> Nothing. Jack but maybe she's there's like dogs. There's a dog there. You know. There's a dog there. Ralph, Ralph is like scratching himself. A really good. Animal scratch has something. <laughs> a- an- animal has something. There's Fozzie. Uh, but at the same time, like the Doctor Teeth and Electric Mayhem, uh, Sans Animal, they're people. So yep, they're, they're presumably humans. Yeah. Yeah. Don't That's know. fun. But yeah, so they torture her into submission so she lets them into the office um, after collapsing on the ground uh, from anaphylactic shock. And yeah, and so then they march into his office and he's just like, hello, I'm a frog. I'm here to audition for your frog audition and I would like to be rich and famous. And then Lou Lord, played by Orson Welles, as we discussed earlier, uh, his character is, we forgot something huge. At the fair... One of the judges for the beauty contest. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. This movie uh, was like in thanks name? to him. Edgar Bergen. The ventriloquist yeah. with Charlie you McCarthy. Right. Yeah. You right. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That's, un- that. that's unexcusable. Um, inexcusable. Inexcusable. Thank you, Raven. Well, let's start back there. Let's, let's just let's do it. Yeah, let's just... <laughs> fuck it, we'll do fuck it. Fuck it, we'll not. do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
who is I mean, everyone knows like this ventriloquist. If you see him, like you know exactly who this is, who yeah. uh, Charlie is. And this is uh Henson's greatest inspiration is this man. Yeah. And he was the judge for the beauty contest. Back at the um, county fair. The yeah. Bogan beauty pageant. Um, and this movie is dedicated also to him. Yeah. Because he died shortly thereafter. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, how dare we go, dare Campbell? We? <laughs> none of y'all, none of y'all brought it up. A lot of death. Nope. A lot of death. Um, so anyway, uh... like we said before, Lou, Lou Lord, played by Orson Welles, um, direct reference to Lou Grade, who put the Muppets on the map. Yeah. Um, and he was like, huh, assistant, bring me that rich and famous contract. Prepare our standard rich and famous contract. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, and, and so then, then we, we get, get to, the, to finale. the finale, the magic store. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of songs going into this, and it's basically the Muppets have an open warehouse studio that they can, no supervision, they can just do what they, they want. They just do whatever they want, pretty much. And they do. Um, they, they they do what they want. They're making fa- <laughs> Some of the lines, um, like... I do really like where it's that like childish, like wonder childish being not immature, but childish as as childlike wonder. Yeah. Childlike. Thank you. Wonder. Um, It's like, you want to like make people laugh. You want to be a star, things like that. It starts with um, you're like have skits, you're making faces, you're ignoring homework. I was like, Kermit, that doesn't seem responsible. (laughs) Um, And then like, keep, keep at it. Yeah. That that the, like sense of wonder that you have, that joy you have in sharing that with other people, which is the the biggest theme of this. Why Doc Hopper, um, really truly didn't understand Kermit. Like his successes, Kermit's like, who are you going to share it with? Yeah, this is nothing alone. Yeah, nothing is worth having if you can only have it alone. Yeah, and I wrote down here they have no idea what they're doing, and I love every second of it. It's amazing. Yeah, and then we get into uh Just think about Macaulay Culkin, you know. Um and yeah, and so then they also get into like a sort of reprise of Rainbow Connection with a little bit of a remix almost. Um <laughs> remix. <laughs> um and then we see the entire set collapse um from Gonzo and his balloons. Um yeah. and then they just keep on singing in the wreck. Inspired. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, uh, thanks to the lovers, the dreamers, dreamers and you. And you. It's just is for what, the people they <laughs> shared it with. That's how they were able to like. That was the rainbow connection. That was them com- bringing their dream into reality and sharing it with the people. Yeah. And then, like the scene, like pans out, and they have all the Muppets, all of them, all the Sesame Street people. Um, it's they uh, had 250 puppets. Wow! For this shot, that's wild. Um, so they had to hire almost 150 extra performers through the Los Angeles Guild of Puppeteers of America. I will read the some of the credited puppeteers now. Okay. Um, let's start. Okay. I'm just reading a bunch of names, so bear with us. Um, but they, they deserve this credit and all acclaim. 
Bob Payne, Aaron Oscar, Carly Wilcox, Olga Fuckemaker, Bruce Schwartz, Michael Earl, uh, Buzz Rachi, Tony Basilicato, Adam Hunt, Fran Allison, Sherry Ahmed, Bill Baird, Peter Baird, Bob Baker, Cheryl Blaylock, Tim Burton, like the Tim, Tim yeah. Burton, uh, Bruce Cheese, Edward G. Christie, Melinda Dillon, Joan Alardo, Roy R. Ethington, uh, Faz Fasakas, uh, Waylon Flowers, Brian Frude, John Gilkerson, Brian Henson, Cheryl Henson, Heather Henson, Jane Henson, John Henson, Lisa Henson, Philip Huber, Jerry Jewell, Frank Kane, Paul Kinnamore, Earl Crest, John Landis, Ralph Lee, Sherry Lewis, Kermit Love, John Lovelady, uh, Malman, uh, Randall J. Metz, Wendy Middener, Francis Osnowitz, uh, Isidore Osnowitz, Harry Sabin, Letty Connell Schubert, Bert Tilstrom, Alice Tweedy, Kurt Vig, Rick Vig, Rick Williamson, Paul Zaloom. Of course, this is not all the 150 plus puppeteers, um, but here are many like uncredited ones. And yeah. a lot of these were also the puppeteers for Audrey 2. I Wars. was just going to say, yeah. A, a lot of them. That's really cool. Because that was also amazing puppeteering. Yes. Yeah. So, um, they talented. Yeah. And then we get to the end. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the, the credits are rolling and we see all the Muppets, like, reactions. Everyone's giving congrats to, like, Kermit, um, um, Sweetums, Bust through, like through I made screen. it. I'm here, and I'm like, oh, sweetums. <laughs> He's smacking around chickens. Um, uh, two, two, two. Uh, Miss Piggy says to like the other pigs, like, did you like my singing? Did you like my karate? <laughs> oh my <laughs> Which I thought was really fun. Um, and it ends with animals like, go home, go home, bye bye. And then we see the dedication to um, Edgar Bergen. Yeah, and. Fiend. Fiend. Yeah. So. Going through all my stuff. The music. Um, Laid on us. So there were two primary. There were, okay. So if you Google the movie, like on the like kind of faceplate on Google screen, it lists a third composer. But if you go into Wikipedia, it does not list them that I could see. So um, the two main composers for the music of this film were Paul Williams and Kenneth Lee Asher. Um, I believe Daryl Calker was also involved. I'm not sure if he's entirely credited or not. Um, but I'm primarily going to be talking about Paul Williams and Kenneth Lee Asher. So Paul Williams is a composer, singer, songwriter, and actor. So he actually began his career with Biff Rose um, in LA, who's a comedian, also song songwriter who worked with like, George Carlin a lot. Um, so he wrote the song Fill Your Heart with him, um, which has since been covered by a bunch of uh, a bunch of acts, but namely Tiny Tim, David Bowie. Um, he also wrote songs for like Three Dog Night, Helen Reddy, The Carpenters, among many, many others. Um, and he wrote for, um, again, among others, he wrote for the films Phantom of the Paradise, Bugsy Malone, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, Cinderella Liberty, and Barbara Streisand's A Star is Born, which for which he won an Oscar and a Grammy for the song Evergreen. Um, he also wrote for a musical production of Happy Days, and he had a cameo in Dexter's Laboratory where he yes. sang Breath in the Sunshine, or Breathe in the Sunshine. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, he's great. Good old. Um, Wait, how did you pronounce oh the show? Gosh. Dexter's Laboratory? Wow. Dexter's Laboratory. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Please continue. I'm anyway, loving it. Um, anyway. He also, uh, it was it was announced uh, back in like 2012, he actually wrote a couple songs for Daft Punk um, for their album Random Access Memories, uh, which I found really interesting because I did not know that. Um, he is a member of the Songwriters Hall of Fame very uh, appropriately. Um, and one of, the, one of the things I think is like coolest about his career, um, so back in 2015, um so he i forget whether he actually struggled with addiction or if it was just like people that he was close to that struggled with addiction but back in 2015 he actually led um like a songwriting collaboration um to write a the crowdsourced anthem to be performed at facing addictions concert um at the national mall uh also in 2015 um, so that was headlined by like Steven Tyler, Sheryl Crow, and Joel Walsh, and a bunch of other people. Um, but the theme of the song was celebrate recovery, and like with the goal of like kind of helping to reduce a lot of the stigma associated with addiction and people who suffer yeah. from addiction. Um, so that was really cool. So he um, helped to open the show and led a bunch of people like in a sing along of the song, um, and just kind of like kind of spearheaded a lot of that effort, which I thought was really really cool. Um, so then Kenneth Lee Asher, also very, very talented. So he is a jazz pianist, composer, and arranger. Um, he worked with John Lennon on his albums Mind Games, Walls and Bridges, and Rock and Roll. Um, he also worked with Jim Steinman and Meatloaf on their album Bat Out of Hell, <laughs> which is just amazing. Um, he arranged for... Mr. Black himself. Indeed. Um, he arranged for and performed piano with the Woody Herman Orchestra. Um, and he also had a fairly prolific, like, jingle writing career. So he wrote jingles for, among others, he wrote jingles for FedEx, Heineken, GE, Pizza Hut, the NFL, Campbell's Soup, Diet Pepsi, Coors, Frigidaire, and Ford Motors. That's it. Cool. At this time... Um, surprise number two, Raven, I need you to play the melodica. Jesus, I knew it. I fucking knew it. But it's okay. It's okay. You know why it's going to be okay? Why? Because we'll be playing the melodica together. <laughs> surprise, the person that gave you yours also gave me one. I told everyone not to tell not to tell you so I could that surprise you. That was two you. months ago. That is amazing. Okay, I'm, I'm always gonna... thinking about the Muppets. He's a, he's a long con. Oh okay, I'm going to grab mine real quick. Okay, I'm also going to go to the bathroom because I have to pee so bad. So this could be a bathroom I break. I don't have to. For and then once. we're going to come back, listeners, and Raven and I will be what? serenading Cullen. Um, hopefully a fitting rendition of The Rainbow Connection. We'll see. Hey everyone, in addition to our other nonprofit partners, I would like to do a quick plug for the Daddario Foundation. The Daddario Foundation is a nonprofit grant making organization that provides monetary and product support to high quality music instruction programs on the front line to improve access to music education. And every single cent raised goes directly to getting kids involved in community music programs, acquiring and maintaining instruments, providing college scholarships, and supporting new innovations in music education across 41 U.S. states and 180 
1999 cities. They accept monetary donations, of course, but also instruments. So if you have an old instrument that you no longer use, please consider donating it to the Dodario Foundation, where they can get it into the hands of a student in need. However you're able to contribute, you can go to dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That is dodariofoundation, D-A-D-D-A-R-I-O, foundation.org slash about slash donate. Now please enjoy the sultry sounds of me and Campbell destroying music. Let's stop. <laughs> please, let's stop. Oh, this is hard. I don't understand how winds people do it. So when, so when we're like almost blackout drunk, Raven, this is what I'm doing. I'm so sorry, Campbell. How are it's you okay. still better? Oh my god, you're a really good musician because I cannot. Thanks. Um, what is that? That's A A G. Okay, that. AAG sequence like you see in like 17 for some reason my brain could not comprehend what that what those notes were oh yeah okay I mean I have an let's, easy part so I can go whenever 16 17 let's start at 21 let's start here 21 okay we'll play here till the key change you got it dude ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks Michelle um, mm, mm, mm. that's an F sharp, Campbell. F sharp and G sharps are a thing in this key signature. That's something oh, to remember. Oh shit! F sharp, C sharp, you G sharp. I've not been playing those. Okay, so you just haven't been playing this. <laughs> okay, got it. I've been playing. I've been playing F sharp, but I forgot about G sharp. Yeah, I don't think C sharp has come up for you. So. I haven't. I haven't had um, any C's now. Okay, so we're gonna start there. We're gonna play to the key change. Um, one. Two, one, two, three. <laughs> I ended okay. at the key change. Okay. Um, 34 on, I did not play, sorry, 35 on, I didn't play a single correct note. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's do key change to the end and just go for it let's fuck it rock and roll okay um key change b flat e flat super so much easier that should be fine how are you guys feeling so far about our melodica trio my embouchure has suffered over the past decade cullen let's talk about embouchures i i cannot play uh size four reads on the clarinet anymore i have to play like two and a half Dude. And I play medium for my bassoon reads, and Raven gave me a trumpet for Christmas. I can play for 10 minutes, and then my face feels like that's it's melting. Like, straight up Salvador Dali. That's how bagpipes is, dude. It's like, uh, it's unreal. Uh, okay. Let's do key change to the end. Okay. Wait, all the way to the uh, end? Uh, I mean, I have the easy yeah. part, so I don't know why I'm complaining, but... <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay, and then... um. B flat, E flat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. One, two, one, two, three. That was hard. <laughs> 
we were not together, I don't think, at any point of that. Nope. But did nope. we have fun doing it? I really did, actually. Uh, Cullen, can you give us maybe an improvised public domain Cullen Dolson, The Rock Thomas original, Tur- original riff for us, for our listeners? Yeah, this one goes out. Um, I guess I'll dedicate this to all the moms and also all the hens. <laughs> Mother hen. What the fuck? That's the beauty of jazz scales. Who are you? Oh my gosh. Um, that was wild. Oh my god. Oh. Cullen is very musically talented. No, I knew um, that, but like I didn't know that a person that could, could be that talented um, at the melodica. That, I mean, it's just jazz scales. Okay, but I'm bad at that. <laughs> um, you just need to learn your scales and arpeggios. Spoiler but, for the Aristocats episode. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> so that was the Rainbow Connection. We couldn't really hear each other. I feel like we were more together than we normally are. Agreed. We'll do. We'll do some. We'll we'll play around with it. We'll practice. We'll play around with it. I think. I think also suggestions as well with the metronome. I think also part of it was that like we're all playing. Whereas Campbell, you and I normally playing different instruments, so it's very easy to pick up who's what. Whereas like we're all playing the same instrument, and this is one I'm incredibly unfamiliar with. So I think that's also contributed. But I think in general, like this, this went better than a lot of times that we played before. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Raven, how would you rate this movie? Oh my this musical? gosh. I would say 9.3 out of 10. Cool. Cullen, how would you rate this musical? It goes up to 11. Nice. I would rate this, and I think my only 10 out of 10 so far, that the ones we've done, has been Chicago. I would rate this in terms of performance... In terms of musicality, in terms of emotion evoked, a and humor, just overall, also a ten out of ten. I would put this on the how I feel about Chicago. I love this. That so checks much. out. This and is I an amazing musical. Truly amazing. Amazing story. Um, amazing emotion. Like yeah, it's the Muppets. Something I've some a good way to end this. Something I thought was fun that I saw on Twitter. Um, now in 2021, uh, the Great Gatsby is now in the public domain. And so everyone's like, make a Muppet Great Gatsby, you cowards. <laughs> what movie would you pick where you can keep one human actor, everyone else is the Muppets? What movie would you pick that you'd want to see? Titanic. Easy. Oh, shit. Who is the human? <laughs> okay, obviously Leonardo DiCaprio is still Leonardo DiCaprio and then Miss Piggy is Rose. So Kermit and Ms. Piggy are not lovers. In the- oh, is Kermit then Kermit. the Patra? Oh, Raven. Bust it, bust it wide open. <laughs> Solid choice. Cullen, you. I would just like to first say that Gonzo is heading the Irish party in third class in that. Oh, no, wait, and everyone everyone else playing, they're rats. Oh, it's for Rizzo sure. It's Rizzo in the gang. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm going to elect for my choice the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> And I want, um, uh, <laughs> I want, no, I want, uh, still the only it. human act. Yucky, no. no I want to be... <laughs> you want Jesus Kermit? 
I want, I of course, want Jesus Kermit. I want the only human being in it uh, to be Zach Galifianakis, and he plays the role of Judas. I'd watch that. <laughs> I would too. Me, I would pick Lord of the Rings, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm struggling. I see, I see that. It's either I was, I want to keep Sir Ian McKellen, I, I want to keep Gandalf, or I want to keep Aragorn. I think you have to keep Aragorn because yeah, you're right. No, well, like sold because I I feel like Gandalf could be Sam the Eagle. And oh, I, but I feel like you would need no, no, Aragorn no. Uh, with the Muppets. Sam, uh, who does Gandalf um fight? Um, who's his Saruman? Sauron uh, or Saruman? Yeah, Saruman. I feel like that would be Sam the Eagle. That checks out. But I I just feel like you need the shot of Aragorn with a bunch of Muppets. I you need that. Oh yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Cool. That was fun. Those are some great choices. Um, so now that we're at the end, Cullen, did you have fun? I had a great time. Do you have anything you would like to promote? Besides your rock and music um, talent. I thought you were going to say besides Enough. your rock and bod. I was like, ooh, Raven. I don't I know them like that. Raven. I don't think so. I feel like the it could be anything. Of my podcasts are education podcasts. Every everyone, whether a teacher or not, should go tune into the Abolitionist Teacher Network stuff. They have a good podcast, so that one's worth listening to. All sorts oh. of teachers. We're all teachers in our own right, so I think everyone um, deserves to give it a listen. Nice. Everyone, I go go listen to that. Um, Raven, um, how how may our lovely lovely listeners uh find us and support us um they can help us not support us yes indeed um so you can find us anywhere podcasts are found apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. um i think pandora now uh spotify itunes etc uh wherever you find us if you could you know subscribe not subscribe follow yes follow like Uh, if if it has rate yeah if it has the option rate us Obviously, rate us five stars if you feel like you have gotten five stars worth of entertainment. But I hope that you have. And if so, please do. Um, and also follow us and on Instagram. And if you haven't, at let us know what we could do better. Indeed. Because we are obviously very new to this. And we're having a lot of fun. But we'd like you to have fun, too. Yes. Um, yeah. Follow our Instagram, at Boozicals. Um, I like to poorly Photoshop um, pictures of us. They're always amazing. Um, by the way, the one we're doing for this episode will be us in the backseat of the Studebaker to... Uh, Fazbear and Kermit. It has to um, be. That that's just what's happening. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. Check us out. We have a lot of exciting things coming up. Um, even though this episode, we're recording in February, um, Frog February, because we're also recording Princess and the Frog this month. Um, but this will probably come out in like June or July. Like who the fuck knows? Sometime this summer. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be a, a Muppets are will be, it. They move with the seasons. It's they're timeless. Timeless. Um, yes. In the best way, not the from just the best way. Bye. Bye bye. Cullen, you have to say bye. It's a requirement. Yeah, you have to say goodbye. Bye. Perfect. Keeping that whole pause in there. <laughs> <laughs>